Welcome to the 58th episode of the Friday Nightmares podcast. Uh, Thank you for being patient with us in our little break that we took about a month as I was a world traveler and Scotty was, I don't know, too busy partying and having a good time (laughs) to watch any 2022 (laughs) movies, as we're going to find out when we get to our 2022, so bear with us. I am one half of your hosting team, Heather Powell, coming to you today from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as always, is Mr. Smoke Show Crawford coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy, fully vaxxed, boosted and waxed and ready to climax. And if you can, please get me wet, feed me after midnight. And I'm also known as the man who has not so glorious beard. I'm also known as Scott Housen. Yes, you are known as Scott Housen. And can we talk about the biggest shock of 2022 is that Scott shaved off his beard? Like everyone that I'm friends with, every single person who's not, so George and Amber all brought it up to me that you shaved your beard. (laughs) All of them noticed. Um, And it is a shock. Like it's basically watching a sheep get sheared. Um, (laughs) So like, Scott, why don't you tell us your motivation? Like, that's actually more interesting than my trip to Ireland. More people are going to care about you shaving your beard than me being abroad for two weeks. So why don't you tell us what led to the motivation to no longer be CZ Top? Uh, I just had a, uh, I was just in the mood for a change. And so mm-hmm. I got up one day and said, screw it. Let's go to the barbershop and I'll have him cut it down. I wanted to get it. I wanted to have him cut it down to like uh, where I still had my beard. Uh, and so I went in there and told the lady that, and well, she, uh, cut it a little too close. Like, I mean, I still had a beard, but not much one. It was barely there. I mean, it's starting to grow back in more now. And this is kind of yeah. what I wanted like this and a bit long, maybe a bit longer what I have now, Yeah. but yeah. When she turned me around in the chair to look in the mirror, I was just like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, you sent me a picture and I was away. So I was in England, I think when you did that, I don't know. I was in, <laughs> I was you know, on my travel, Scott. So <laughs> and I was like, I think I gave you like a shock. Like I was like, oh my God. And then you were like, is it a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was just processing. It wasn't bad. It's just, I couldn't believe how like, and I've told Scott this off air, so he knows that I mean it with the most love as possible. Like he lost 10 years of his life. He went, he like, he looks 10 years younger. I do. With the, the beard. Like it is crazy. I was like, I didn't know you were 30. <laughs> like, honestly, and I know he's 40. We celebrated his 40th birthday together. So like, I, I was floored when you, when you did that. Like I was, I was, it was the shock of the century. I'm not going to lie. I, cause ever since I've known you, you've had that beard. Yeah. 
And, I've, and it's I been the, what, two and a half years that we've known each other now? Yep. And I've had it even, I've had it for, oh, let's see. So yeah, I got it after I separated from my ex. I, I said, screw it. I'm growing it out. So it's been four years. Like that's nuts to me. I I am shocked that you did it. And it looks good. It well, looks really you. good. Um, obviously it makes you look young, you know, not that you looked old, Scott, by any stance of the imagination is not at all what I'm trying to indicate, but well, maybe I am, (laughs) you look like an old (laughs) fucking bogey. (laughs) Now you look young and youthful, but it was, it was a a shock and I am glad that you are happy with it. I'm glad that, what did your grandma say? Is your grandmother happier? Oh, every, uh, every adult in my family, like, you know, my parents, uh, my grandmother, my aunts and uncles. All of them were like, about time you shaved it, blah, blah, blah. Where you could see in the comments of my, uh, when I posted the picture, it was just like, all my family was like, oh my God, he finally did it, blah, blah, blah. It looks so much better. And then everybody else was like, holy crap, what happened to you? Like all my friends were just like shocked, but at the same time thought it looked good. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm I'm worried that our podcast is going to end. I don't know if we're going to have any listeners after this now. I mean, as, uh, as my buddy Wes says, I am half the smoke show I used to be. It's true. Like, and that's what people come here for. They don't come here for me. They come here for you, Scott. It's true though. It is true. uh, Though I have to say the, uh, probably the best reaction I had was, uh, yeah, obviously like talking to Mandy, I sent you the picture. I sent Mandy the picture. Oh man. That was Well, I sent you and Brandon the picture, sent Mandy the picture, sent my mom the picture. Mandy was just like, Oh my God. But the best reaction I got was when I went to visit her to work the next day and she, I seen her with a customer. So I was just like, all right, I'll just wait a little bit and just kind of wandering around. And then uh, she'd looked over and seen me and then went back to talk to the customer. I don't think she had recognized me. Like, I think she just looked over, seen that was somebody and then just kept talking. But I walked up to her and she's going, Oh my God. She's like, I don't, I, I can't even look at you right now. She's like, it's freaking me out. She's like, you look so different. She's like, I love it, but Holy crap. <laughs> Right. Like, honestly, I, she's like the man of mystery. Who, who is this mysterious non-bearded man? Um, you know, and it's going to be tough because Tim Davis isn't going to have that beard to grab onto when he's getting you to, you know, service him. Um, That's true. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. boo I love you, Tim. <laughs> oh man. There, I'm just getting caught up on horror for dummies now. They're so funny. And they, oh, yeah. and they talked, they're doing an Aussie themed episode. Though well, they already did it. It was released a while ago, but I'm going to listen to it now. And I know how much fucking Tim loves Aussie shit. So I oh, can't yeah. wait to hear him <laughs> rip on all of it. So yeah, it's been, it's been a couple weeks. I have been abroad um, in Ireland and the UK, and I had the most incredible time of my life. Um, yeah, you look like you had a blast. Yeah, I only video chatted with Scott once, I think. Yep. That was when I was in Dublin um, and I went to a cafe and we chatted for a little bit, uh, but I, we did message here and there occasionally, but there was a five hour time difference. So I, they're five hours ahead. So there was a lot of times that I would send Scott a message. Then luckily Scott gets up early for work. So it'd be 10 o'clock in the morning, my time, I'd send him a message and he'd be one of the few people that would respond <laughs> because he was up and he had to go to work. Um, but it was absolutely fucking incredible. I am not the same person I was when I left. Um, I am so much more independent, so much more confident. I won't drone on and on. I don't want to be that person who's like, and then I went and I did this. And then I went and did this. I don't want to be that person, but I'm going to give a couple of highlights. One was the plane flight going there. And this is the reason why I want to give this highlight. So we all board the plane. It's a red eye. 
And these two ladies, I guess we, the plane was waiting for them because their stuff was on there and they were fucking hammed. Like they were so hammed, they could barely get into their seats and they're trying oh, to shove their carry-ons into the, you know, above and like fucking clothing's falling out of them and shit. It was, it was really wow. funny. Oh yeah, they were drunk. They were drunk like crazy. But Dublin was absolutely amazing. I made new friends every night. Um, I ended up going to a drag show. I went to Castles. I saw Crips. I went, and we'll talk about this in the what's new. I went into an actual fucking crip and saw a body that had been hung and then quartered. Oh, shit. They left the guy alive enough when they hung him so they could quarter him. Oh, God. Quarter him. Yeah. Um, but I just like saw the Like, quartered, like, with the horses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was, it was, like, the, the history in Dublin was, mwah. Um, and then I went to Newcastle where I feel like I just drank for six days straight um, and partied with my friends in Newcastle, which let me tell you, English people know how to drink. Um, <laughs> I thought I liked to drink. No. The first night I was there, we went to about five pubs. And by the time we got to the fifth pub, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to start drinking half pints. Wow. Because they, I was like, I can't handle any more, <laughs> any more booze. And then I finished off my time in London and I went by the street where the infamous Jack the Ripper haunted and stalked his victims. Oh shit. Yes. I did see where that was and um, heard all about the famous Jack the Ripper. And I went by the street, a Baker street where the famous Sweeney Todd story has been. Oh, nice. Yep. And we all know, I don't think I shared it to Friday nightmares, but I did go to Soho. And I took a picture of Soho. Nice little sign that said Soho. So I had my last night in Soho with Kate. I'd like to give a shout out to Kate um, from the Eternal Spot, the Eternal Darkness of the Not So Spotless Mind podcast. Actually, we didn't say her podcast once when we were together. Um, Kate and I did have, I can say that I've slept with Kate, <laughs> by the way, everybody. Kate and, and I did share a room together in uh, my hotel because she had a lot to drink and so did I and she was not going to be driving so I'm when I I said to Kate as I was helping her carry her stuff to the car the next day because she had to go pick up her dad who lives just outside of London Kate doesn't live in London she lives just outside of London about three hours outside I said well I'm going to tell everyone on the podcast that we slept together She's like, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to take that announcement too. So oh, I can great. say that I've, I've had the pleasure now of meeting several podcasters in person. Scotty, obviously being the first, Adam Thomas being another one, uh, Brand, or sorry, Christian Luciani being another one, and now Kate being one as well. So I feel pretty privileged that um, I've had the opportunity to meet Kate. Um, I don't know if anybody else will, just simply because of where she lives and that I happen to be eight hours on the other side of the world. So that's a short version of the trip. Um, but it was incredible. Um, met so many people, did so many cool things, toured castles, did museums, saw dead bodies or skeletons, um, really got some real, real history. Like we're so babies over here in the United States and Canada. We're like, wow, man, 1600s. <laughs> right. Time ago, right? Like there, they're like, yeah, back in like 500 AD. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Right. And Vikings, a lot of Viking shit. Scott would have been. Oh, that would have been cool. In his his well, not anymore with your beard being gone. You you kind of lost. I lost the Viking heritage. You lost your Viking heritage, but. What have you been up to, Scott? Now that I've talked about my world travels, I'm sure your life has been just as equally interesting. All right. So I got to try to think because like a lot's been going on. Like, uh, like um, just don't try to steal my thunder and my world travels too much. Okay. No, you, you fucking, uh, yeah, you've, you've done a lot. Uh, mine was more just kind of a lot of like hanging out with Mandy. Um, see, I'm trying, I got to go through some pictures to make sure I remember everything that we did ah, as I get clawed by a cat. Hold on. Ugh, Luna, stop. Yeah, so pretty much uh, one day, Mandy and I ended up going out to uh, Howell, and people probably seen pictures of it, but uh, I ended up getting this uh, loaded uh, sugar high from a, we went to a place called M Street Bakery. Oh, yeah, that shit looked good. Yeah, and holy crap, let me tell you, they have the, they are at least countrywide uh, known for their shakes, because they have like, I think about six or seven shakes, but the thing that makes them so special is they they have toppings they are loaded with like so for me i ended up getting this cake batter uh chocolate cake batter one which had uh i'm trying to get a picture of it right now so i can give a full description had a full giant uh chocolate cake ice cream bar a cupcake um a hershey uh hershey's chocolate bar loaded with whipped cream and chocolate chips like by the time i finished all the toppings i didn't even want to drink the shake because i was already were you in a diabetic coma I should have been. Holy shit. Because I was, I felt like uh, uh, Mandy actually shared a picture on my page of me skipping up and down the alley because I was on such a sugar high. I was like a fucking five-year-old on a sugar. Like I was just bouncing all over Man, the place. you must have been like more chipper than usual because oh, it you was were already re- kind of chipper and annoying. I can't imagine what it was like with that much sugar in your body. Oh, it was ridiculous. I have, but like these shakes were absolutely incredible. So I'm glad we actually went to do that because I've always wanted to go there and uh, just try at least try them. Uh, the one I wanted to get was a strawberry shortcake one. It's like strawberry shakes, got the strawberry shortcake ice cream bar, strawberry cupcakes, and a couple other things. But unfortunately, they were out of a lot of the toppings for that one, so they couldn't make it. So I got the chocolate ba- uh, chocolate cake batter one. Mandy got a uh, chocolate mint ice cream one. I had like a whole ice cream sandwich on it and like a cup- cupcake and a bunch of like. So how uh, much Andy's were mints. these? How much were these? $13. Like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'll I'll for what you're price. getting, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. It's yeah. called carnival food. That yeah. reminds me of carny food. Um, last thing I'll, okay, now I'll mention my trip stuff more. I think I told you how cheap fucking alcohol was. So in Newcastle, for everyone listening, three shots, five bucks. That's incredible. Isn't that fucking insane? Yeah. Pints of beer were like three or $4 at bars. That's wild. That's why they're all drunk all the time. (laughs) Right. Right. Because like, well, it's in pounds, mind you. So it is a little bit more expensive, but like I I ate breakfast some mornings for $4 for, for four pounds. Wow. A full English breakfast. That's crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, so $13 though for all of that sounds like a really good deal. Yeah, like it's totally worth it, especially for, you know, the experience of doing something that's a country famous like place that's here in Michigan. Um, yeah, totally. And then, yeah, like uh, we pretty much just uh, went out, di- like surprisingly went out to dinner after we got back. Like I didn't think we were going to because we were so well, you up needed, full You sugar. probably needed real food. There's only like so much nutrition you can get from that, right? <laughs> right. And so, yeah, we did that. Wa- went back to her place, watched a couple movies. And then uh, then the, the sugar crash kicked in and I started passing out. So I was like, all right, better get going. And then uh, trying to remember what else we ended up doing. I, we ended up going to the movies. Um, I'll talk about that in our what's new segment. Yeah. Um, but then I ended up uh, meeting up with her Thursday and we went to the farm that she goes to because she loves to go horseback riding. And uh, 
I have shared a bunch of pictures on my Facebook page of me basically making friends with this cute, adorable little goat that came running right nee, up to nee. me. Oh, it was a goatee. Yeah, the goatee. Like, like as soon as I, as soon as he seen me, he lifted his head and he started trotting right towards me. I'm like, oh, you are adorable. And uh, he's like, he also used to have a beard and was a goat. I right? feel like he is a goat human. <laughs> I asked, him, I asked him if he knew where Black Philip was. And what did he say? He's he like, like we don't talk about him. He's like, we do not speak Black Philip here. <laughs> um, we do not say that name. Though this part, I have not told you this. This is I'm oh, yeah. saving this to talk about in the podcast so I can get a good laugh. Um, so while I was at the farm, like it's a horse farm, like they have over 70 horses there. And uh wow, it's a lot of horses. Yeah, yeah, like uh, and they do trail rides and stuff like that. Um, I didn't go on the trail ride this time because I uh, just kind of wanted to kind of soak in everything and just kind of yeah. look around and riding a horse is actually you need to know what you're doing too. Like you don't just yeah. jump on a horse and like, yeah, hi ho, silver away. Like right. well, the actual work, right? These people, uh, they have people that go on the trails with you, and they will like, uh, like they they're they're known for training people to red horses. Oh, that is like their special legit, legit, so, yeah. Because they had, they had like a uh, like I would say eight eight or nine year old kid that never rode a horse before. They got him a very kid friendly horse to ride on, and yep, they were just giving him guidance as they're going through the trails. He came back loving it. But here's the funny part. So walking around, I'm like, oh, here's a like a bunch of horses like over by the fence here. I'm gonna go like just kind of see if I can pet them and talk to them. Beautiful, beautiful creatures. I love horses. Um, but then like Mandy knows a lot of the horses around there because she goes there quite often. So I was just like, like when she got back from her chair, she's like, Oh, which horse did you end up like petting? I'm like, Oh, is this one over here? Let me show you. We walked over to the fence. And of course, you know, they have an electric fence there and everything too. So I'm like, Oh yeah, they're over there. And like, I had to point way back because the horse moved all the way to the back. And as I dropped my hand, my thumb hit the electric fence. And oh, all of a my sudden my left God. arm went, I'm like, ha, 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 like oh my god scott that's terrifying <laughs> oh it was hilarious because it felt like a extremely powerful static shock because it was just like i'm glad you were okay yeah it didn't hurt it was just more like oh that feels who else weird. would i recorded the podcast with and talked about my trip with <laughs> uh probably my shaved beard <laughs> i would have to be like brandon i need you <laughs> so <laughs> come yeah. back so yeah, like Mandy was like, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm going, yeah, I think I'm fine. Oh my I'm God. Fine. But she just oh starts, my she's fucking like, God. She starts laughing. She's like, I told you not to touch the fence. I'm going, I, I know. <laughs> okay, wait, this is the only way to know. Scott, what is your all-time favorite horror movie? Gremlins. Okay, good. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm okay, still fine. Awesome. Didn't, mm-hmm. didn't get to the brain and sh- uh, short circuit me or anything. <laughs> okay, awesome. Like if you had said <laughs> something like Jaws, I would have been like, <laughs> Not that Jaws isn't a good movie, Tim Davis. It's just, I would have been like, I don't know what to do anymore. Who are you? It would have been like this horror movie. Like I go out to see you in June and you're not even the same person. And like, it's like, yeah, like it's a changeling situation. But then I decided like to changeling more because they're less annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. You know that, you know that. But I am certainly glad you didn't kill yourself on the fence. I'm really glad that didn't occur. Obviously, the fences aren't going to be powerful enough to kill you. They're just enough to like de- de- deter people from like trying to hop the fence and keep animals in, but uh, or keep and keep certain animals out. But and keep um, animals like Scott Crawford out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my but, god! Uh, I wish I still had my full beard because I want to see if it would have poofed out. <laughs> oh yeah, like you would have got static, right? Oh yeah. man. Well, this is great because your story right there is more exciting than half of the movies we watched for 2022. <laughs> Actually, are all of them with the yeah, exception no of one. I literally think I can only recommend two movies from what I watched. Two on this list. One for me. 
Wow. It's been a year, guys. It's been a year. And Scott and I keep being like, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. But our asses are at the end of May now and June's coming. So we'll see what happens. But I definitely have not been as impressed this year with the exception of some gems. Um, you know, but this is going to be the year of franchises too. Halloween Ends is coming out. Scream 5 came out earlier this year. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I don't know, whatever the fuck that was. Sequel whatever the fuck it was that came out on netflix which i thought was actually really entertaining yeah um we both liked it actually um so it is a year of you know remakes franchises and hopefully we get terrifier too i don't know that's ever going to come out yeah but all we got nope coming out soon nope yeah which will probably be like everyone's number one because it's jordan peele um unless that's a big dud who knows i have Um, a feeling the one that we're going to be talking about on this list here that we've both seen is going to be a lot of people's number one yeah this one was good this one was a really really good movie that we're going to be talking about um oh did i talk about virus 32 last time yes i think i did okay yeah so okay that was actually not too bad either that was actually relatively enjoyable um but we'll get into the 2022s i'll start with the first one i know scott mentioned this one before but i watched it um and i just wanted to give a shout out i, I did watch deadware um and i watched it a couple weeks ago before i went away i thought it was fine scott yeah. just so you're clear lance you don't need to be such a negative nelly lance <laughs> I see the shit Hallmark movie specials that you watch with your wife. Don't be being such a judgy pants, Lance. <laughs> judgy Lance. We love you, Lance. Oh, yeah. Lance is super cool. I love when Lance calls me out. Like when I was on this show and he was like, hey, Heather thinks it's immature. People don't like remakes and criticize them. I'm like, thank you, Lance. Thank you. For- <laughs> and I do feel that way. So Lance is right. Um, but yeah, I thought Deadware was fine. You know, for a free watch on Tubi, and what they were trying to do, it was like one of those Carmen Sandiego Doom style video games that they were playing. Like the, 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 it, the issue I had with this and the same issue I had with Choose or Die is that they're using dialogue from like, like I have a hard time figuring out what time it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like is it the 90s? Is it now? Because they're using cultural references from now. Like no one was talking about non-monogamy and like gender fluid shit in 1995. Okay. No one was openly talking about stuff like that. So right. I find it weird when you spin that into like the nineties, cause that just wasn't happening. Um, but anyway, I digress. I thought it was fine, Scott. I just wanted to bring it up. It's a free watch on Tubi. I think if you're like Scott and I, who will probably give a Tubi award this year, it's um, not, it's, it's, it's fine to watch, but just yeah, like, it's not the best movie ever. Yeah, it was an easy watch. It was an easy watch. It definitely was an easy watch. Just like Scott and I are easy. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Have five. Have five. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk about the good one that we're gonna both like. You go ahead. All right. So the the one that we both watched that yeah we both really enjoyed. A lot of people have already talked about this on podcasts. Uh, just came out on Shutter. Uh, but that is the sadness. Holy shit! So this is basically a virus film. Um. People have been calling it zombie. I'm not calling it zombie because they're not actually like mm. biting and infecting people like that. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. it's more just a virus. Um, I will say uh, like that. Yeah, this is probably one of the most goriest slash intense fucked up modern day films I've ever seen. Whether yeah. it's whether it's uh one of the most fucked up ones ever. And eh, I've seen worse like in like terms of like content wise, but like there is some 
really messed up shit in this film. Um, it reminds me for the people that have maybe read these comic books. Uh, if you have read the comic books, The Crossed, this is uh, basically The Crossed turned into a live action movie because the virus kind of affects people in the exact same manner. Um, also makes their, uh, their, what would you call it? They're like a line across their eyes, like red, like they get like a red line across their face, like a rash. That's also in the comics, The Crossed. So like there's a lot of similarities here in what these infected end up doing to, to their victims and to each mm. other is like a lot of what happens in the crossed comics. But yeah, this is this movie pretty much uh goes full pedal to the metal and does not let go from beginning to end. And if you are squeamish or just not comfortable with ultra sexual violence and ultra violence stay away uh but if you are if you're like scott and i and completely desensitized because of all the shit we've watched the last couple of years you'll be fine (laughs) yeah yeah because this uh it is a whole it is a fucking bloodbath and it is very sexually charged in many ways in some fucked up ways i'll be real honest scott you know you're right but it honestly didn't bother me no i mean it was more just and like, I and I and I think it's because of what else we've watched. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we've watched some. Like I found martyrs a lot harder to sit through than this. Um, I found them. Both I feel like martyrs. I found martyrs was more realistic when it when it becomes zombies or infection. I'm like, nah, they're not real people anymore. Like I I think I can kind of disorient. Like they become like monsters to me, mm-hmm. and I figure monsters have no conscience, so the things they're doing are make sense for monsters. But when it's actual people, like when we saw Megan is missing and that scene where she's being buried and you just hear her, that disturbs me more yeah. than this. But that's just me by, you know, no stance. I think you're right to give a, a warning because there is some very graphic sex shit that happens in this and, film. And some just right? very graphic violence. Yes, very much so. Very, very much so. Um, the special effects are out of this world. Yeah. Like, and the way they filmed it, I believe it is a, is it a Thai film? Yeah, I believe it's Taiwanese. Um, man, then again, they don't hold back. And like, not to give any spoilers here, but it's not a feel good film. Like no. you got some zombie films where you're like, oh, they're kind of a feel good film. This is not a feel good set film. Um, the Sadness is actually a very, very good title for this. Um, yeah, but I found out uh, the reason it's called The Sadness is I didn't think about it at the time, but it's because when you get infected, a single tear starts running down your eye. Oh, that's what it is. Yep. I'm like, ah, that makes sense. I didn't think about that when I'd seen it. I think this movie is a must watch this year. Yeah. I think um, it's 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 out of all the movies we're going to talk about. It's the m- highest must watch is The Sadness. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is definitely uh, I'm in a three way tie right now for my number one. And oh, yeah, I'm in a three way. Yeah, but it's this, <laughs> the cursed, and X. All three yeah. of them are tied right now. Like I'm great having films. a hard time between those three deciding which one I want. My number one. Well, and if and if we have a handful of great films like this, our top ten will be really easy this year. And it basically, Scott and I just saying the same movies only. <laughs> right. <laughs> Prepare for that, everybody. It's going to be an interesting award show at the end of 2022. Um. But yeah, I, I this is available on iTunes, the Shutter, Cineplex app for Canada, um, Amazon, uh, sorry, Amazon Channel plus AMC. It is fucking worth whatever money you pay for it. Like, yeah. watch this movie. That's my message. Watch this movie. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, this movie is absolutely incredible. And yeah, if you are wanting something that's just super intense uh, for a horror film, this is it. Absolutely. Um, a movie I watched before I went away. 
was room 230, sorry, 203. Um, it is 104-minute runtime. Two female roommates were tormented by a vengeful spirit dwelling in their Gothic-style rented apartment, which contains an ornament centerpiece. This is a very average ghost story. Not bad, not bad. Um, interesting enough twist to it, good enough acting, not bad for a low-budget film. If you really like ghost stories and uh, you enjoy those type of films, I would say a $2.99, $3.99 rental is, is suitable, but it's nothing that's going to knock your socks off. So you got to like ghost stories. You got to enjoy the whole creepy haunted apartment possession kind of thing. You know, this is a paint by numbers. Like, I, you're not going to be like, oh, no way. Is that a ghost? <laughs> I have no idea. But like, it's not as bad as something like The Turning. You know, it's a step up from The Turning. So I would definitely recommend it. It is available on iTunes, Google Play, Microsoft Store, and YouTube. I guess I'll just go with the next one because I don't think you've seen this gem. Nope. Oh, man. Movie of the year. So Morbius, which has been toted as a horror movie, if you read any kind of... uh websites and like tim davis was very passionate from horror for dummies that this was not a horror movie i i personally don't give a fuck i never get into debates about whether something's a horror movie or not i don't fucking care you think something's a horror movie you don't that's fine but i agree that this is not a good movie (laughs) it's a 104 minute runtime and boy does it ever feel like a 104 minute runtime um dangerously dangerously ill with a rare blood disorder and determined to save others suffering from the same fate dr michael morbius attempts a desperate gamble what at first appears to be a radical success soon reveals itself to be a remedy all right it never reveals itself to be a radical success he basically embeds himself with vampire bat dna um and he becomes a vampire the end um he has some weird fucking blood condition that prevents him from being able to really do anything without having blood transfusions every like three hours or whatever it is now here's the highlight of this movie matt smith who was in Last Night in Soho as the asshole boyfriend, who was also Doctor Who um, in a lot of the British, I guess, uh, Doctor Who films or TV series. Matt Smith is becoming one of my favorite actors. I really like Matt Smith. I think he he's, I agree with Daniel from Horror for Dummies, he's wasted in this, but fuck, he's the highlight of the film. He's the one that brings any kind of acting to this movie. <laughs> like, he's the one that shows up and you're like, oh, this is where they got the acting guy from. Like, you know, he's he does pretty good. And of course, he plays the villain. And he um, does it so well, especially in you know what? Soho. And and he did a pretty good job in this too. I'll be honest. Like some of the dialogue, the scripting was shitty, but he delivered it in a good, the best he could. Like there were some lines where I was like, that's so fucking cheesy. But the way he delivered it, I was like, it's not that bad. Like he actually did a really good job of it. I think this movie is worth for watching for him. And of course, if I don't know, you're a Marvel completist and you need to watch Marvel films, but this is, I'm sorry. I know people like Marvel films, but Marvel films are fucking paint by number. All right. They're the same shit every time. Oh, I'm a superhero. Yes, they are. I'm a superhero, but I don't want to be a superhero and I'm sad. And now I got to fight somebody and now I'm angry that they're mad and then I got to win. And now someone from another multi-universe comes and tells me how we have to fight together. Every single Marvel movie, every single Marvel. Name a movie that doesn't go like that. That's Marvel. Um, see, uh, well, one I'll be talking about. Doctor Who didn't have that. Doctor You're not going to tell me he, they're Doctor Strange. You're not going to tell me there wasn't like, oh my God, this is so hard. I can't believe I have to do all this. Oh, look at nope. this villain that I never saw coming. Oh my God. Nope, he actually I disagree. Now I'm going to watch it and I'm going to be like, fuck off, Scotty. Nope, he, he knew this. Uh, you know, he was the one that was warning people about this villain going, hey, 
uh, this is a threat. We need to take care of this. Oh, so he's like, he was like warning people about COVID. No one was listening. Is Pretty that much. a Doctor Who film? <laughs> anyway, Morbius, I'm not a Marvel fan. If you like Marvel movies, hey, all the power to you. I like shit, like I shouldn't say shitty. I like things that aren't, you know, other people don't like either. That's absolutely fine. Everyone has their own thing. Um, I thought for a Marvel movie, it was fine. The, the CGI is not great, um, but- I mean, to be fair- I, you're watching kind of sort of a Marvel movie. I mean, this is just Sony trying to still continue to cash in on yeah. what Spider-Man, what uh, their Spider-Man from back in the day. But since they don't have the rights to Spider-Man anymore, they're just taking his villains and trying to do, trying to make money. Cause we're like, Hey, look, we're still, we're, we're part of the MCU, but Disney doesn't want us to be part of the MCU, but we are, <laughs> we are looking, pay attention to us over here. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's definitely what this film, and I don't hate Jared Leto. He was Oh, Jared Leto is Jared Leto, man. Like, I don't I don't have a beef with him. I honestly think the movie was just poorly written. I don't think he made the role worse or better. I just think it was a poorly constructed film. Um, but, you know, it's about vampires. And if you want something, like, dumb to turn your brain off to, it's fine. I wouldn't recommend spending any huge amount of money on this. I would say watch it for free if you can. Um, but it is available on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Video, YouTube, and Cineplex in Canada. You know. Check it out if you really feel so motivated to. Um, I guess I'll do my last one and then you can talk about yours. All right. So, oh, and I did watch, uh, by the way, Scotty, Let the Wrong One In. It was very funny. Wasn't it? Yeah, that was a really good suggestion. That's another one, low budget done well. A really good example of low budget. Yep, and one where the title may turn you away because you're like, okay, this is just gonna yeah. be corny. But no, it 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 was good. Yeah, that was uh, that. You know what? I, I'm looking through the list. I'm being a little negative. There is some real gems that came out this year. Like No Exit was actually really good. Fresh was really good. Um, what else was really good? X was really good. We talked about that already. Uma was pretty good. Um, so there has been some actually really good. You were not my mother. wasn't too bad. Um, there's some actually not bad films that came out, but just nothing that really kind of jumps out at you with the exception of a handful. Right? Yeah. Uh, this one was actually really good. I enjoyed this one. Um, and maybe it's because my expectations are low from this year, but Hey, you know, I had a good time with it. I watched this one, uh, yesterday. It's called the twin. It's one of the more recent drops on shutter. It's 109 minute runtime. Uh, every parent's worst nightmare is just beginning for Rachel's ordeal in the aftermath of a tragic accident. She and her husband, Anthony, decide to move to the other side of the world to focus on surviving their twin son, Elliot's, their, on their surviving twin son, Elliot. What begins as a time of healing and isolation in the Finnish countryside turns into a desperate battle for the soul of their son as an entity claiming to be his dead brother takes over Elliot, setting Rachel on a diabolical journey to unravel the horrible truth about her twin son. Have you seen this yet, Scotty? Nope. Um, this movie started off as something and it was something completely different that I would usually have a problem with, but I thought it was done really fucking well. Nice. And I'll leave it at that. Um, this movie really handles grief extremely well, um, and the power that grief has. And, um, it's given a 2.4 star. No one that we know have seen it or reviewed it. So I like to say I'm the first Tim Davis. I think you'll find this movie very emotional. I don't know if you'll love it, like if it'll be one of your favorite horror films, but I think when you get to a certain part in this movie, you'll really feel for the character because Tim um, is a really great dad. Same with Dave C from the Exploding Movie the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. I think he'll feel for the characters in this too. I think if you have kids, this movie will hit you a lot harder than maybe other people. 
but it's an entertaining film and it's definitely worth the watch if you have Shutter. So it is available on iTunes, Google Play, Shutter, both the Amazon and the regular. I don't know about children's Shutter because that's still in the works. I'm still signing the contracts for children's Shutter. Watership down 24 hours a day, <laughs> seven days a week. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, I was asked if I went to where they like the inspiration was for Watership Down when I was in England. No, I did not. I did not go do that. Um, and Microsoft Store. So I would say check it out, Scotty, because I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I will definitely get to it because I need to get caught up on some 2022s. <clears throat> All right, so... Uh, it's your turn, Scotty. Right. Sorry, that's why I muted because I wanted to go blow my nose. I know, I had to clear I'm my throat. Scott. That's why I, I muted because I had to clear my throat. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So uh, the movie I'm going to talk about, well, I'm going to try to talk about, but it's called uh, We Are All Going to the World's Fair. Um, I've, the synopsis on this one is reality and fantasy begin to blur when teenager Casey alone in her attic bedroom, immerses herself in a role-playing horror game online. Now, I have been reading people's uh, reviews on this, and there's a lot of people that are finding some very, very deep meaning in this film. I didn't see any of that. Um, the acting in Scott it is simple. fine. Yes, I'm, I'm a simple man. But no, like I, it's, the acting is fine, but I just found the story extremely boring. Nothing really horror happens that I can remember. I'm like, I watched this, I think, around the, like, right after you left for your trip, I think. So this one's very foggy in my memory. But uh, yeah, I know our buddy Brandon Orlick wants to watch this one because he's heard good things. But I'm going through Letterboxd and Don and Ellie give it a half star. Matt Wood gave it a half star. I gave it one and a half stars. <laughs> like, so. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm, there just wasn't, like, it, I don't know. There was, like, the act, like I said, acting was good, but story, and, like, the story at first, I was like, oh, this could be interesting, but it just really didn't feel like it went anywhere for me, and I don't see what everyone else sees in it, so I just, and I forgot most of it at this point, so once again, that tells you how I, uh, how much of an effect it had on me, so yeah, this one, if you want to watch it, is available on iTunes, Vudu, Google Play, and Amazon. Um, okay. but I don't even think it's worth a rental. Like it's, eh, eh. yeah, yeah, fair. Um, but the next one, <laughs> so shockingly enough, better than we are all going to the world's fair. And that is <laughs> Titanic 666. Uh, this is a Tubi original, so it's free. So uh, that's another point on uh, another bonus point for it. It's it's the part that scared me mm. was it's an asylum film and I'm going oh god asylum is so bad this is gonna be horrible this is gonna be so terrible and it's about what I expected like it's cheesy it's CGI is horrible but it's an interesting concept so this is the third Titanic so obviously because you know in the real world we've gotten like I think Titanic two had went out and set uh, set sail after everything that like years ago. So this is called Titanic 3, and they're going, uh, they're setting sail, and they're going to go over top of where everything happened with Titanic that sunk, and a woman sneaks on board, like, and ends up, like, casting a hex upon the ship, uh, pretty much cursing the ship. So when the ship actually goes over top of the gravesite of the Titanic, all the engines and everything just kind of shut down, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the dead, uh, the spirits of the dead from the original Titanic start possessing people and haunting people on the ship and like taking certain people out one by one. Did Leo show up and go, there was room on the raft, you fucking bitch. No, I wish they would have had some type of silly reference like that. That would have made it even better. But um, it would have been great. But you come to find out like, I, well, I won't say anymore. Like, but yeah, it's just a 
very easy to watch. Just you go uh, go in expecting. It's like, a two B. It's a two B free film. Yeah, it's a free film, easy to watch. Go in expecting just you know uh, if you if you know who Asylum is, going go in with your expectations low because Asylum does nothing good really. It's just really cheesy, bad CGI, bad acting usually. This was fairly entertaining. Uh, it's not going to be like end of the year material not going to be like top 50 material but it's well it might be top 50 material because i'm only at like fucking 48 movies right now so who knows <laughs> who knows right who knows but uh yeah at the moment yeah it's <clears throat> it's free m2b so it's it's an easy watch if you're just looking for something new to watch you know i think we'll talk about also there's some movies so i just got back a week ago friday um, I flew in on a, uh, it, it was a lot longer because of the time change, but I got home at three, at four, five o'clock my time, um, or this time Eastern standard time, but it felt like it was 10 o'clock England time right. because my flight was at noon in England, but I went back in time and landed in Canada at uh, three o'clock, even though the flight was eight hours in length, you got to love time zones. Um, <laughs> it really fucks shit up, but I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of things, but there are some movies I want to watch. So I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of films that came out and I want to give Scotty the heads up to monstrous with Christina Ricci looks really good. Uh-huh. Um, do you see the synopsis for that, Scott? I did not see the synopsis for it. It's, it's basically a woman who is abused, leaves um, an abusive marriage and takes her kid and, and starts over to incorporate, to face a monster. It's giving me after midnight themes, oh. um, but it looks like it could be a pretty good one. Uh, because I'm a sucker for shit like this, I'm going to watch Shark Bait 2022 because mm. I love shark movies. I really do. I mean, I'll probably Especially watch it in too. The summer, you know, it's so fluffy and fun. I've heard nothing but shit about Firestarter, but I will check it out. I've never seen the original. Um, I may watch the original and then watch the the remake and see. And let's see here, the hatching or hatching. Yeah, the hatchling. Yes, good. I want to see that. That one. looks good. That looks interesting. That looks like a contender. And then there's a low budget one called Trip um, that I saw dropped recently that I think I'm going to check out as well. So I'm gold. I definitely watch those before our next episode. Um, so I'll have those to talk about and anything else that comes out. But I think out of all the ones that we talked about, I would recommend The Sadness, number one. The twin on Shutter is worth it if you got the Shuddy and you enjoy grief stories. And then Room 203 isn't bad if you really like ghost stories. I think those would be the ones that I would say um check them out yeah um, i'd recommend the sadness yeah right like it's <laughs> it's honestly scott i don't know if room 203 would be for you but watch the twin yeah i plan um, on watching that one i think i would be interested i don't know if it's going to be in your top 10 or anything like that but i think you'll at least be entertained by it and i think it will be an interesting if you catch on to it because this was one that i didn't catch on to the twist oh nice yeah and that's rare for me usually yeah. i catch on so um yeah, and I also Shudder's got uh, the found footage documentary coming out too. The, like, or I think it might've came out this week. Oh yeah, that would be good too. That would be a good thing to watch as well. So lots of stuff coming up as Scott. Well, as I get back into the saddle, I don't know what to say about Scott. Scott, Scott was home for those three weeks and he could have hey, been watching movies, but he to be fair, so I don't know what to say. To be fair, I every day I, when I was at work that I was able to, like I was scrolling through to see like what movies dropped. Nothing sounded good. Like I forced myself to watch We're All Going to the World's Fair and Titanic 666 because I'm going, I need something to talk about. But like everything yeah. that's been on there, I'm just going, this just, no, this doesn't sound that good. Like, eh. it's It's true. And really like the stuff I'm talking about, like Monstrous and the Twin and um hatchling that just dropped this this week yeah right and we had to watch our movies for the new zealand horror episode that we're doing today so 
But yeah, I think those, I honestly, those three, I think one of them is going to be a gem or two of them. Like I think the Christina Ritchie one, I got a good feeling about. She's not a bad actress. And I think that that film might be really good. And I feel like Hatchling might be really good as well too. Um, Yeah, I've seen the trailer for the Hatchling and it looks really good. Yeah, so I think that we we have some good stuff coming. So for older watches, while I was in the UK, I did visit a good friend and I interviewed him, Mark Iverson, who's my author friend. Um, That interview will be dropping before this episode. Thank you, Scott, for doing the uh, Mm -hmm. outro and intro song for that. I did that. I did that interview solo because I'm just <laughs> trying to work on my solo career as a podcaster. Actually, truth of the matter is it was last minute plan that I didn't want to bother Scott because I knew how busy he was. So I just figured no, I'd do it by myself. No, what it was is you're like, well, Scott lost the beard. So that means the podcast is over. Well, I was kind of worried that Mark was going to be like, what's with this guy with no beard? And I was going to be like, mm, you know what? Maybe I should just like do it by myself. Be easier. Um, please check out check out that interview with mark he has an event coming up and that was one of the reasons why we did that interview is to promo his book launch he's written two books um one on cursed horror stars and one on strictly vincent price which is actually a really good read um scott will be borrowing that book from me i i feel in the future because it's a really interesting book um but anyway for older watches i was i was visiting with him and he really likes a lot of older films and he got me to watch tales of terror with uh peter laurie vincent price and uh, Basil Rothborn, and it was quite good. Uh, the stories are much longer than, like, it's an anthology, but the stories are, like, each 30 minutes in length, but it was really, really quite well done. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is one that I've wanted to watch. I just have not uh, been able to find a copy to watch it yet. It's hard to find. In all fairness, like, it is not an easy movie to find. He had it on DVD because, like, he's obviously a huge fan, so he had a copy of it. Um, yeah, Vincent Price is great in it. There's three different short stories, and one of them with the Peter Laurie is his wife has an affair with Vincent Price and he does something to the Vincent Price and the wife and it comes back to haunt him. And I really, when I read Mark's book, I wasn't a big fan of Peter Laurie, but actually seeing him perform in this film i i liked him a little bit more i thought he was actually pretty funny he says some funny shit in this film um and i did enjoy basil rothburn i thought he was really cool as well in the final story and vincent price is always he's always a pleasure you know he is he he's is always the man a, he's always a pleasure to watch and, and when you say just, when you and, and when you say uh you know uh peter Lurie's wife uh cheats on him with vincent price do you really blame the wife i mean it's vincent price i, I would and it's peter Lurie. Right. I mean, and if I was Peter Laurie, I'd cheat on my wife with Vincent Price. You would. I mean, that's true. You would be like all up in that shit, wouldn't you? You would be like, yeah. here's my time. I'm going to be with uh, Vincent Price. So, yeah, it's a great it's a great film. I'm trying to break down my older film watches. So big shout out again to Liz, who always watches older films, who knows a lot more than I do about older films. And uh, yeah, I uh, I really I got to say, I really did enjoy um I really did enjoy the film. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really entertaining and uh, I recommend it to people. So yeah, check that out. And I'll let you go first with your thing. Your, your, what we, what's new Scott, just cause I, I'm assuming you have no older watches. Nope. I didn't get a chance to watch any. Well, I've, I'll just say I watched uh, Christine and the mist recently with uh, Mandy just cause. Oh, have you seen them. Christine? Never seen it. No, no, but you know, uh, the mist is such a fucking sad movie. Oh, it is. Like, and we've both seen the movies before. We just wanted, we, we have a list of movies that we're like, oh, we should watch these together. Even if we've seen them before, we're like, oh, we should just watch these together because they're always fun to watch. And- Mandy, I challenge you to watch more 2020-22 movies. Mandy, I know you're listening. And I challenge you, Mandy, to step outside your comfort zone and watch some 2022s. Don't worry. Scott and I have access to a lot of no. movies. So <laughs> we can a- find something. 
Let me let me rephrase. Let me put it this way. As this 2022 year is showing, don't just watch more 2022s. Watch the ones I recommend. <laughs> yes, yes, that that's what I mean. Like the ones with you that you can give her some perspectives on because I it's so easy to cut caught in watching the same movies over and over again. Well, no, and we've uh, and, really you know, is. I show her I show her new stuff too all the time, but uh like we did the entire trilogy of uh Hell House LLC and she's never seen those Good and films. loved them. Good films. Yeah, good found footage, actually. Really quality found footage. Yep, and uh, um, cursed, the Cursed and X are on our list because good because i told her those are really good and uh yeah not sure if uh well she does not seem interested in the sadness after some of the stuff i told her about that happens (laughs) like yeah but it was like i watched another movie and i said to you i don't think you should watch this with anybody else i forget what movie it was oh landmine goes boom yeah yeah i was like this is an x or landmine goes click sorry i was like this is a good fucking film but do not watch this with other people yeah yeah there's (laughs) certain movies that are not like group uh group material <laughs> no they're just like and like you and i have we watch some pretty fucking hardcore shit so we you know there's certain things that i'll watch and i'll be like yeah this is really fucked up scott you know blah 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 but um yeah you and i there's certain things we've watched that i wouldn't recommend to yeah the average horror fan to be honest with you like i wouldn't even watch it again like i right. would you know i would be pretty hard pressed to watch martyrs or megan is missing or landmine goes click again like yeah, I'll, I I'll do them. uh i'll do the martyrs not martyrs and sadness again but yeah they're the ones now yeah like there's just some like serbian film like actually serbian film was just more of a ridiculous fucking yeah, serbian film. film was more just like i watched it it was it like it wasn't as disturbing as everyone made it out to be it was just more like no i watched it don't really care to watch it again it it's, was, a, it was it's fine. a shock value film yeah it's like look how shocking we can be everybody look how shocking we are like that's that's what i feel like serbian film is to be quite honest with you yeah now solo yeah. that's one i will never watch again because uh, oh, that yeah. was just no i just like fuck that movie <laughs> what a fucking vile movie too yeah right? like you know and i get it i get what the deeper message is supposed to be behind it i understand it um it just wasn't it just wasn't for scotty and i you know yeah. scott and i just want to make the sequel that's really what we yes. want to do manager, that's, manager. Our that's our with brandon orlick um watch for that coming soon to a children's shutter near you um so yeah, yeah yes. so sorry what's i would said let your what's new and i went yes. off on some yeah, tangent. I got what's completely sidetracked um, so yes. my what's new is uh the movie that i was kind of referencing with heather when she was saying marvel movies are all the same I decided to watch. Uh, I decided to watch Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, the reason that that's you know I put it on this list is because you know this is where we talk about anything that's either horror related or horror adjacent. Um, this is definitely horror adjacent in many mm-hmm. ways. For one, it's directed by Sam Raimi. Um, for another, this is the pretty much first time in the Marvel MCU universe that they've went down a horror movie route. Like this is very horror in theme. A lot of like uh, a lot of scenes reminded me of like shots that you would see in Evil Dead, uh, shots you would see in like slasher films. Like there was some very like for a Marvel movie, this definitely I could see could scare some kids that are fans of horror or fans of Marvel. Um, though there is people out there saying, oh, this should have been rated R. This was so, this was so messed up and blind. Give me a fucking break. This is PG 13 is perfectly fine for what this, like, there's we'll show so, them rated R. Yeah. I was going to say that <laughs> like, this is like gremlins is more violent and disturbing than this, but 
this definitely had very dark themes and horror tinges to it um but yeah basically it follows stephen strange as a uh woman appears that is appears to have the powers to go from mult from multiverse to multiverse like just a, like that's her superpower she has no idea how she controls it and like she's being uh chased down by somebody and uh that is trying to steal her powers to use for her own i won't say who it is that's stealing the powers but when you find out you're going oh well yeah you guys are pretty much fucked that's uh it, it, good luck with that <laughs> mm. that's one of the more powerful characters that they've introduced already like um but yeah this is very well done very sam raimi ish uh you even see the uh 88 old uh delta 88 oldsmobile just uh from the evil dead movies that's all that's in all of steven uh all of sam raimi's films is in this mm-hmm. um and of course there is a wonderful cameo with bruce campbell <laughs> oh very nice very and, nice and he's uh and it's just great because it's typical sam raimi beating the shit out of bruce campbell in his old in his own fashion as always um i love it but yeah very good movie uh very it ties into uh Finally, because of the multiverse, it ties in the existence of real-life mutants, meaning X-Men. Hmm. Um, so the X-Men will probably be showing up at some point. I don't know when. Like the song from the Saturday Every single person born in the 80s is like rocking out now. Oh, fuck yeah. That cartoon was the fucking shit. Hell yeah. The best theme song ever, too. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely leading up to the properties that Disney now has acquired from Fox when they bought Fox a long time ago. So like Fantastic Four, X-Men, all that, they're definitely going to be bringing them into this world now, which is really cool because uh, I'm not like with the MCU. The reason I'm like back and forth with it a lot is because I've never been a big fan of the Avengers. And that's been the main focus of MCU is the Avengers. They brought in Spider-Man, who is one of my favorite superheroes, but my favorites have always been X-Men. And to see the X-Men get brought into this universe, I am 100% on board and excited as hell because now it's bringing in the comic book characters that I grew up loving. So I definitely am very curious to see how this will all transpire because I gotta is uh I gotta give the MCU credit. Like they're they've they've got like a long-term goals set in place for yeah, it's right? called make a lot of fucking money. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean like storyline-wise, <laughs> like, yeah. They they've yeah. like they they set, you know, this shit, what was it, 2004 was when the first Iron Man came out. And yeah. fucking just slowly built up the storyline and were like and everything in those movies tied into something that was coming up. Like they had these long-term yeah. plans. I gotta I gotta give them credit. Like they've pulled this off. And- well, you know what? In all fairness, people love fucking crossovers. Yeah. People love that shit. Like I'm not a Marvel fan, so I don't care. Right. But I respect that a lot of people are. And they love that shit. Like if there was like a Chucky Freddy fucking Michael Myers fucking, I don't know leather face movie i would like jizz all over that like i'd be oh my god it's the movie ever because like every single of our villains in it like you know people love that shit so it's smart business it really yeah. is like it's talk about marketing the fuck out of stuff that will make money and these films make money they're guaranteed to make money oh yeah so good for them good for good for disney good for whoever like that's what it- oh i think we lost you heather Hi, um, in case you guys are jumping in now, the, there was a power outage. So you're going to hear me about to say something about Marvel. <laughs> and then you're going to hear me go on from here. So whatever I was going to say about Marvel was probably Scott loves Marvel. It's his thing. Now he wants to marry Marvel and make babies <laughs> with it. 
He was talking about the Doctor Who movie, and I actually Doctor Strange. Sorry, Doc. Why do you want to call it Doctor Who and Strange? Are they the same shit? No. Don't they do the kind of the same thing? What's the difference with Doctor Strange? What does he do? Uh, he's a sorcerer supreme that just kind of uh, has the ability to travel to different universes. Where I think Doctor Who is different time periods. I think maybe I'm not. I I honestly don't know. Like Doctor Who has gone on for like sixty some odd years, so I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah, I, yeah, and it's been played by 15 different people. So Doctor yeah. Strange, you know, I'm glad that you guys had a good time with it. The Marvel Universe is making tons of money. I think that's what we were talking about. And shitty weather, and then we weren't able to get our settings working. We're just in fine form here on fucking Friday Night. Welcome back! Welcome back. So basically what I was going to talk about, and it's funny because I think my I lost the page. I, I pulled up the whole... Expedia thing and everything, but I'll I'll oh. repull it up again. It's fine. I can remember what I did. I just wanted to read a little bit about the company. So I did a North Side Ghost Walk tour in Dublin, and um, you know I'm not trying to reflect <clears throat> privilege or anything, but if you do have the chance to go to Dublin, I strongly recommend um, doing the Ghost Walk tours there. Um, Ireland is an incredible place to visit. Um, Dublin is amazing. And the history is rich. So this was a two-hour ghost walk. And it was literally with one other British couple. And the dude had a long black jacket, walked with a skull cane, huh. and loved horror movies. Awesome. I honestly couldn't have been paired with a cooler couple to hang out with. So there was literally the three of us that did this tour. So the highlights of the tour as promoted is enjoy the locals' favorite walking tour in Dublin, explore the medieval Oxman town and see formal Viking enclaves, see the site of the two most haunted houses in Dublin, venture us, venture with us to Copy's Arch, learn of the Scather brother, the infamous medieval thief, visit the site of the 21st apparition of the Virgin Mary, led by an expert guide, enjoy both a, a spooky and informative tour. Um, there is North and South Dublin. This is actually a big thing. There's a river that separates North and South Dublin and very different cultures on, are on either side of it. And there on this, on this, this walk, first we walked by, um, an area that had been turned from, uh, a mall like it was like a former like area where a bunch of people were hanged to like a mall and a garden area and apparently you see a lot of ghosts and shit walking through and I can tell you it was extremely creepy uh there was also an abbey that had been changed from the medieval times into an alleyway and there was only one little part of the abbey that remained that we went and took a look at also there's two houses houses number seven and eight uh that had different ghost experiences that occurred within these houses but I think the coolest thing that I went to is that there is this church and this church is off the beaten path. So unless you actually went on this ghost tour, you probably wouldn't know about this church. And this church has the crypts. So there are crypts in St. Patrick's. Um, if you go into St. Patrick's church in Dublin, you can go down and you can see a, cow, a, a, a cat and a mouse that they found inside the walls that have been modified and that they have on display. But if you want something a little bit more off the beaten path and a little bit more cooler, I'm going to find the name of the church in my Facebook photos because I posted a lot of shit. And there is a cryptorium. So I did this ghost tour. The ghost tour was fabulous. This woman went over the crimes that have occurred. Like, for example, at the military base there, they had murdered over 800 soldiers. 
Damn. For treason. And that's a lot of people for Ireland, just so we're clear. Yeah. And there was definitely some creepiness and some ghost shit that was going on in that area. So I went to this church and I'm going to get the name of it. St. Missions Church. So I had learned about it and it was made in the like like, like 900 or 800 AD time. Like we're talking like an old motherfucking church. And people at that time could pay to have their bodies buried underneath the church and be mummified. So you pay $5 and it was me and these two other dudes. One was from Dublin, one was from Spain. And you crawl into the crypt. So the gentleman walks us around the back of this church. He opens up the cellar doors. I'm going to include these pictures to um, Friday Nightmares. And it's literally this tunnel that you have to crawl into. And I am not a claustrophobic person, but I was even like, uh, can I do this? Wow. Because it was so skinny, the hole you had to get into. And I'm a fatty and (laughs) I'm just kidding. But I go in and it's lit up by, you know, lights or whatever. There's obviously electricity down there. And they have different rooms where coffins are. And in the room at the end, they have where four bodies are on display and they're human bodies mummified. So all you see is the bones. One of them, they believe was a nun. Another one is missing a hand. Mm. So they're unsure if he was a thief, why he got buried under the church. They don't really know. Um, another is a missing person that is cut off at the knees. Now they suspect that was because he didn't fit into the coffin. Wow. So they had to get rid of his knees in order for him to fit in the coffin. So you're sitting there and you're inches away from these bodies, like inches. So up until about six years ago, you could actually touch them. The reason why they have got rid of that was because about five years ago, somebody broke in and stole one of the skeletons. Oh shit, really? Yeah. They were eventually caught and they had to return it and then they had to pay a fine and whatever. But now they have to be more careful when they're letting people into the crypt. And why would you want to steal that? And I have the pictures. The pictures are quite creepy. I think you saw them, Scott, on my Facebook. Yes. When I posted them. And then they take you out of that crypt and they take you into an even smaller crypt. And in this crypt, um, it's where a lot of families are buried and it's cold and it's damp. And you just see these coffins there. And in the one, I talked about the gentlemen that were hung and quartered earlier So there were two brothers that were accused of treason in the 1500s. And um, as part of their punishment, they were hung, but not till death. And then they were like hung like by their neck and then they were quartered and their intestines were then cut out. Oh yeah. Like it was, it was graphic. And as we're sitting there and I got to say the gentleman who was doing the tour and it was a small private tour, like no one really knows about this. This is really off the beaten path. So if you go to Dublin It is probably the most unique thing you can do because unless you do the ghost tour and I did the unpopular North side ghost tour. And honestly, that tour was extremely enlightening. And that's how I found out about this, this kind of little um, crip area. And also how I found out about the military museum and the soldiers that had been killed and was able to go and uh, pay my respects and walk around the military museum. And I saw some excellent, very heavy hitting, um, displays also on women and abortion and childbirth. Oh, wow. The history of that. It was very, very, very enlightening and humbling and obviously some grieving as well. So 
this this anyway this crypt it's saint michigan's church if anyone's interested in going to ireland i will definitely uh send you the details a five dollar donation is all you need to give it's very reasonable you're just supporting the church and being this close to these bodies and being in these buildings that were built like i went to dublin castle that was an operating castle in like, you know, 800, 900. It had multiple people who who served there. I also went to another castle in Newcastle and I walked up to where the jail was, where they would keep people in the jail cell. And that was fucking cool. Like to touch the walls and to walk through. And I, I think the thing that shocked me is how small people were. So where we're kind of having to crouch to get into spaces that are really tight and really small, people during that time fit perfectly. It was really, you know, for us in North America, like Scott and I always joke about, well, I, well, not always, but we have joked about in the past, like our histories were babies, you know, except yeah. for the indigenous people. I'm talking like white people, white, boring ass Europeans, which we're all descendants of. Well, Scott and I are anyway. Um, we've only been here since the 16, 1700s, but I was seeing stuff that was from the 10, eight, like even four, like we're talking real back in time. And it was really, really humbling also to find the true story about Vikings. They were not the pillagers that people think they were. Um, Vikings actually worked in collaboration with places that they went to and that they quote unquote conquered. Um, It's really interesting when you hear like kind of the real story behind what Vikings are like and how they're portrayed in, you know, shows like the Vikings show on history and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was a very, very humbling, creepy experience, but definitely the crypts and crawling to get in and then walking down these small hallways and being that close to dead bodies. And it stayed with me. Um, it was my last stop on, I think I did that on the Wednesday. No, I did that on the Tuesday and um, it stuck with me. It stuck with me. I can imagine. You know, I did a lot of churches that day. I tend to do, I tended to do um, like themes. So my first full day there, I did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then I went out to a pub that night, which was a lot of fun. And I hung out in Temple Bar and met uh, Declan and Phil, who were two of my favorite Ireland guys. Um, and then the following day, I did Trinity College and the National Art Gallery of Ireland, as well as I went to Jameson's Whiskey Distillery. Um, the second day, I went to the Irish Immigration Museum, as well as a little museum of Ireland, as long as the National Museum of Ireland um, and the Barracks Military Museum. I went and saw Dublin Castle. Like I saw like history live and in person. And to see a real fucking castle, like it was, it was incredible. Yeah, I'm so jealous of that. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not even going to lie, Scott. Um, and I do plan on going back to, I miss Scotland this time. Unfortunately, I didn't get out to Scotland, but I will be doing that next time I go. And I plan on going to see uh, Edinburgh Castle, which is nice. very large. And I did see um, the Tower of London. Uh, from the outside, it's it's very busy. Tower London has a lot of people, and I preferred to go to castles that weren't as busy because you kind of get more of a private tour and stuff like that. But right. this ghost walk was incredible, and to and the young lady that gave it was awesome. She was actually uh, going to school at Trinity College and provided a lot of really good insight. The couple I met was awesome. Big horror movie fans. We were making horror movie jokes the entire time. Um, it was an awesome experience. So. If you're ever in Ireland, I really strongly recommend Northside Ghost Walk Tour in Dublin. It is worth your money. I think it cost me like 20 bucks and it was totally worth it. I uh, Best money I spent for sure. Yeah, that is freaking awesome. I If I ever get over there, that is definitely something off the head up. Honestly, I, 
yeah, I plan on going to Greece again next or Greece next year um, with some friends that I met in Newcastle. And it's just, it's, Europe is incredible. Like, you know, it's a long plane ride. You know, it was eight hours back from London. It was six and a half to Dublin. So you're on the plane for a long time, but it's, it's life-changing experience, life-changing completely. And, oh, I'm sure. you know, so if you can do it, Scotty, if maybe you and Mandy one day, that's in your, you know, your future, I, I totally recommend it. It's, I will definitely end up in Dublin again. I will, or Belfast maybe is where I'll go next time is maybe I'll fly over to Belfast um, from England because it's super quick. It's only like a hundred bucks to fly over and you could just spend a night in Belfast and fly back. It's only an hour flight. So like, it doesn't take you long at all. So might do that next time I go. Um, Why not? It's super, super easy to, to get around. It's not like fucking here where it's like you drive five hours and you're still in Michigan. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a completely different lifestyle. So yeah, that's what's new. That's what we've been up to. So Scotty's been watching cool ass Marvel movies and I've been going through fucking catacombs and church basements and, uh, you know, tempting fate with ghost watches and shit. And, and we managed to watch some New Zealand horror films. So when we, uh, when we come back, you at Scotty and I are going to be talking about one of his favorite horror films ever. Actually, I think this film is going to take the number one spot. Like it may be better than Gremlins. He loved it so much. You know what you oh, want to talk oh, about, Scotty? I'm guessing the very first one we're about to talk yes, about. Yes, yes. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Loved it. Loved I can't it. wait to hear your review on it because you were fucking killing me yesterday. <laughs> so I can't wait to hear what else you have to say. So as of always, we will be back shortly. But first of all, after these messages, we'll be right back. Cha-cha. This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. And welcome back. Uh, as discussed, we've moved away from the UK, Scotland, Ireland, finally, because I went on my trip, so now... We'll just talk about Greece later next year when I go for my another trip. <laughs> but uh, hair insert flare, hair flip here. Uh, but for today, what we are going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about some New Zealand horror. And uh, oh man, did we have a, we have something in store for you guys with this first one? Oh um, boy! So I before Scott gives the name, I want to give a little bit of a preference. I I picked this movie. Uh, because it had really great ratings. You know, you go on Letterboxd, this movie's rated 3.4. Uh, it People fucking praise the shit out of this film. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so we watched it. But anyway, Scott, why don't you bring us in with our first New Zealand horror film? 
All right. Well, I'm going to preface this by saying I love a lot of the New Zealand horror because it's just got this fun charm to it. This first movie, no, it does not. <laughs> so the it first movie, charm. this first movie is called Dead End Drive-In, released August 1st, 1986. The synopsis is, Teenage lovers become trapped in a drive-in, prisoners of authority in the 1990s. So as you guys can tell, I'm not a fan of this movie. So I'm going, what I decided to do is I was killing Heather yesterday with my messages to her about this film. So I'm going to read you guys what exactly I was messaging her back and forth. So to start it off, I was like, my God, this dead-end drive-in is such a chore to get through. And you reply with, I know, right? And I put, it's so boring. <laughs> I was like, this is why I hate post-apocalyptic films. And uh, and then you just reply with, it really is. I'm like, like, I have 10 minutes left of it and had to stop to answer a call. And I don't even want to finish it because I know that 10 minutes is going to feel like an hour. <laughs> and you reply, I know, I agree, LOL. And I reply, like, if I have issues sleeping, I know what to put on the TV now to knock my ass out. Dear God. <laughs> Part that pushed me over, Scott. Yeah, you just said a shit ton of laugh emojis to go, oh my God, Scotty. <laughs> and I put, I ain't lying. Holy shit balls. And then you go, I know, it's torture. And then I send you a gif. La, 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 la. I'm so fucking bored. La, 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 la. <laughs> and you reply with more life emojis. I'm like, maybe this movie was made during a time period when people suffered from allergies and they didn't have any Benadryl. <laughs> So they made this movie to knock people out so they didn't suffer any longer. <laughs> and you reply, you are on fire, LOL. <laughs> and you put, and it was a, and it has a high rating on Letterboxd. I'm like, like, honestly, who the hell thought this was entertaining? This is an, endur an endurance <laughs> test. <laughs> and to reply to your, it was high, uh, high rating on Letterboxd. I'm like, these people are high. <laughs> and you're like, like really high. And I replied, this so oh, yeah. high they stabbed their <laughs> eyes out and didn't realize it and then the final thing is i put after watching that movie i now officially hate all movies <laughs> you know it's it's funny because the poster really does mislead you to what this film is gonna be about um here's the thing if you like dystopian future films you'll probably really like this movie um the <laughs> the plot of it is it's a dystopian future and basically this drive-in has been created to keep hoodlums there so people that drink party i don't know scott and i fornicate do bad things dress like punks they go to this drive-in so these two kids who aren't really that bad end up at this drive-in because they lie to get into it because they see some movies are playing there and they want to go and obviously the guy and the girl want to hook up like that's what you do at drive-ins yeah. Um, you know, so they get into the drive-in, which by the way, I had to help read Wikipedia to fully understand the film. Yeah, I was so, gonna say because like I didn't get half of this that you're yeah, I read about. it on Wikipedia so I could be like, what the fuck is actually going on? So at first I was at first I thought this movie was they're dead, they died, and this is purgatory. Ah, that would have been make that would have been right? more entertaining. That's what I thought it was. So I was like, oh, okay, like, because they wake up in the morning, the car has been vandalized. They can't get out of the drive-in. They don't have a choice but to stay there. 
and all they can eat is junk food, which is provided to them. There's showers, there's toilet facilities. Um, they basically, the government is keeping them and there's unlimited supply of drugs. Like, I don't know if you caught on to that too, which Scott obviously wishes he had to get through the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, they're like, what drugs do you want? And this kid's trying to be like, he's real clean cut and he doesn't want any drugs or not clean cut, but just he's not going to have any drugs. And then there's like, this awkward relationship shit between him and his girlfriend where, you know, she wants to have sex and he's all like, well, we need to get out of here, you know, like, but he doesn't want to call anybody because he'll get in trouble for taking the car. I guess it's supposed to be a play on authority and on, you know, young people being kind of, oh, well, this is what young people like to do. All they want to do is watch stupid movies, eat sugar and junk food and, you know, fuck and have drugs it's it's basically like i didn't quite get what they were being punished for because i wasn't right. sure how this was a bad lifestyle i was trying to kind of establish like i guess because they couldn't leave um but it's not like they were being abused it's not like anything bad was happening to them it was just like they were locked in, the, in an endless adult chuck e cheese um but they wanted to leave and the whole film is kind of built upon this little society and how they're interacting with each other and the personality types and conflicts and then trying to leave the drive-in and go back to their regular life um with themes of power and authorism i i didn't really this can't this comes up as a horror film there's no Um, horror i don't really get why (laughs) this is sci-fi this is sci-fi and and apocalyptic. yes if they had gone the route because at first when he's like you're stuck here you can't leave i thought it was purgatory yeah that, and that, that, that would make had, more sense you know they had died and they were ghosts and you know maybe they had to make the decision on whether they were going to go to you know depending what you believe heaven or hell and this was the in-between right before you get picked on where you're going to go but no it was just them trying to escape the drive-in for you know an hour and a half um and it if you like post-apocalypse films and you like science fiction i think you you may like this film it has a high rating i don't know what to say it has a 3.2 rating on letterbox i was wrong not 3.4 3.2 i don't know people like this film i thought it was i didn't think it was as bad as scotty thought it was but i definitely <sighs> think it was long um i thought there was some unnecessary dialogue i did think there was some cool scenes i did i did like the concept that like okay you know we're taking all these bad kids and we're locking them in like this area where we're just gonna hop them up on sugar and drugs so they forget that they're here and they don't want to leave and the rest of society can function normal without them like i understood the overall launching concept of it um i just think it i didn't i didn't I wasn't really invested. I didn't really care whether the kids got out or not. Like they don't, they don't make two main characters who are, let's see here. What are their names? Crabs and Carmen, you know, endearing enough that you're overly concerned about them escaping. I don't know. Yeah. I, I watched this yesterday or like tortured myself yesterday. <laughs> and uh, I already don't remember most of this film. Cause I was just like, I'm just looking at the time out of going, when is this going to be over? This is, this is awful to me. Like for one, yeah. I'll give you, I'll give everybody an example. I'm not a fan of post-apocalyptic films. There's maybe one or two that I enjoy, but Do you like Mad Max. I like the uh, newer Mad Max that came out. Okay. Fury road. That was entertaining. Not something I'll go back and rewatch or anything like that, but like, yeah, most of those I don't care for either. Like uh, just, it's just not my type of thing. Like even in video games, uh, yeah, the post-apocalyptic video games are a turnoff for me. Yeah, I, I get just, that. I just don't like that setting. 
Yeah. And I don't know why. I'm just, it's just, I find it boring. I think. Yeah, that's fair. And, and we all have our thing. Yeah. And yeah, I just didn't care for any of the characters. Um, didn't really feel like there was any stakes at all. Like they're trapped. I'm trying to get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But basically, that's- like, I think they were trying to do this bigger overall, like authority, keep them out of society, keep society clean, keep the badness. And then they thought they would just be content with that lifestyle, but they wanted more. Like, obviously there is a, like, if you read Wikipedia, there's a very deep message on this. Um, yeah. I thought about re- reading Wikipedia, but after I was done with the movie, I'm going, I do not want to even revisit this now. I'm you're done. like, I don't I'm even want to talk about it. I don't I even want to. Wanna... <laughs> I had to come home and take a nap. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I would say that I didn't dislike it as much as Scotty did, but yeah, you know, I, I, it's kind of like how I felt about the original Blade Runner, Blade Runner. I really respect the original Blade Runner. I think it's a fucking excellent film, well-made, well-written, but it is, it is a grind to get through. It is a slow moving film. I didn't like the remake or the revisioning or the sequel that came out with Ryan Gosling. I thought it was okay. I think the original is a lot better, but I kind of fall in the same category that Scotty does. Like these movies don't really do it for me. Um yeah, they're I, just, I've, they're I've never even bothered watching Blade Runner. Like that's uh, just because I don't care. So yeah. I was like, I've never bothered watching them. I would say don't bother because I think that this that's slower than this. It's a yeah. better film, but it's slower. But anyway, this has a really high rating um and yeah i it yeah i guess if you really like this type of film um i didn't really get any kind of new zealand themes besides their accents um yeah and i was and i was confused because like it seemed like it was new zealand accents but then they were also drinking fosters well i guess fosters would you know travel over you know maybe yeah i'm like is this australian or is this new zealand i couldn't i was starting to like question it you know, I'm sure Tim Davis and Daniel are listening to this right now. And they're like, that's a fucking Aussie movie. I don't know. It says it's New Zealand movie. It also says it's a horror film. Right. Um, neither <laughs> Scott or I got a lot of horror out of it. So who knows? We're just two simple North Americans trying to like find New Zealand horror. So we did our best here. If you like sci-fi, check this out. You got to really like sci-fi though. Um, and I didn't really see the horror piece of it. So. No, like. There would have been a horror element to it if, like, well, yeah, I was saying, like, if there was a raise, like, if they raised the stakes somehow, like, uh, say, all right, we've trapped these, uh, these troublemakers in the drive-in, and now we'll start picking them off one by one, doing kind of like a lottery thing, where like, oh, yeah, it's you guys' turn. All right, now we're going to torture you or kill you or something like that. Then I could see it being more yeah. horror, and there'd be there'd be stakes at hand there, but it, it wasn't really anything. The biggest horror was Scott having to sit through it. So that was yes. the horror of this film. Um, Fucking endurance test. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. So there's not much else to say. I found it. I thought it would be okay. It has a high rating. Meh. So yeah. we move, we move forward. Meh. Meh. We move forward to a much more lighthearted, fun film. And I'll let Scott give the intro for that. Yeah. This is more of what I picture when it comes to New Zealand style horror. Yeah. Um, so the next movie we're talking about is Black Sheep, released March 29th, 2007. Now, I want to preface this and say, no, this is not the uh, Chris, Chris Farley, Farley Black no. Sheep. <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't your mama's Black Sheep. This is, uh, this is, hog, this is gore horror Black Sheep. Um, so this is sheep-fearing Henry returns to his brother's New Zealand farm, hoping his sibling will buy out his share of the property. However, what he finds are genetically altered sheep that prey on humans and turn their victims into undead woolly killers. Sheer madness ensues as Henry, an animal rights activist uh, and a farmhand, set out to stop the rampaging animals. 
So basically, this is uh, were sheep instead of werewolves. You get were sheep in this, and like zombie were sheep at that. But uh, yeah, this movie way way better than Dead End Driving. Um, I watched this when it first came out in 2007. One of those films I did a blind buy when I used to go to Walmart after work on Tuesdays when new movies would get released. Seen this, and I was like, hmm, New Zealand horror movie horror or shy horror comedy with killer sheep i'm sold all right let's check this out and i was not disappointed oh yeah man this was fun as shit like it's what a fun film like it's it's silly it's what you expect walking into it and i really like sheep too they're super cute and i kind of like how like the brother's a dick like there's two brothers and you know from the beginning that the one brother's a piece of shit yeah oh, and you right from the beginning that he had something to do with his father's death. Like you suspect, I don't know about you, but I suspected early on that I'm like, I don't think this was an accident. I think this kid did something to his dad um, or was involved in it, right? Because there's a, and you find out later when he's like, well, you know, accidents happen on the farm sometimes. I was like, oh, he was involved in his dad's right. murder, right? <laughs> anyway, I, I did enjoy how the one Henry is goes from really loving sheep to being afraid of them because of the traumatic experience that he has and returns to buy out the property. And I really did enjoy the over the top hippie vegan. Like that shit's even funnier now in 2022. Like that shit aged well because the aura and the The chakras, all the chakras and like the veganism of it. And not that I'm making fun of vegans. You know what? I get it. Animals are treated like shit. If you're a vegan respect, like mutual um respect, but what they are making fun of is the over-the-top real-life vegans that yes. will make sure to tell you in every sentence that they're a vegan and why they're a vegan. Right, and like how ridiculous she is and then how the sheeps turn evil and <laughs> the revenge. And there's one where like a sheep's driving a fucking truck. Yes. <laughs> like, it's so silly. Like, it's just a silly movie. Go into, go into this movie expecting like a, a creature feature that is ridiculous like that is just ridiculous and yep. you'll have a good time go in expecting uh peter jackson style goofiness yes yes and you and, will have fun yes and like the special effects are great like there's parts where people turn into sheep when they get bit by the sheep and they start getting like hooves and shit and it's just really really fucking funny right and, and when they fully turn though they they look freaking intimidating and awesome they like, do. like the effects look great they do and there's like of course like there's a happy ending that comes with it and um there's a dog in it that's super cute too like i don't know this movie is is so simple all right there's like this guy who comes back to the farm he sells it to his brother his brother's a piece of shit he goes out one last time with a farmhand to try to get closure because his dad died chasing a sheep off a cliff. It's the story, but now we know there was something else that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, like they're doing these bio experiments so to make sheep more, I guess, like breed better, better wool, whatever it may be. And I think that was the purpose. Did you ever, did yeah. they ever say what, it, what the purpose was of the... Um, I think it was for better wool and just like better looking sheep. And yeah. you find out later that it's because there was human DNA added yes. into it. And it's because there was bestiality involved. Yeah, like real fucked up shit. Like it's a fucked up movie. It's a fucked up stupid movie. Anyway, if you want to watch a bunch of people fight off killer sheep... <laughs> It's great. Um, the and sheep are of, absolutely adorable. Like sheep are hilarious, and like you know, they're you feel sorry for some of the sheep, and then like the one where the sheep's driving the truck off the cliff killed me. Like that just like that. Once that happened, I'm like, oh yeah, movie, we're good, we're good. 
Like if nothing else happens here, the fact that that she just literally drove the truck off the cliff <laughs> was like, oh man, I'm actually pretending to drive like a sheep right now because it was so fucking funny. Um, oh, great, the- great special effects though for 2007 too. Like let's give it credit. It's It did have a lot of money, but it was fun. Yeah, I believe the special effects were done by Peter Jackson's special effects team, which is why nice. the effects are so good. Um, nice. And I, I do love the ridiculous ending of how they kill all the sheep by the sheep are constantly farting and they yes. just fucking light yes. a match or whatever and it just like explodes because of all the methane. <laughs> oh my god. Like it's so funny. And like she goes off about methane too and how it's like destroying the environment and it's just so great. Honestly, this movie is a must-watch. If you enjoy silly creature features and you walk into this going, okay, it's gonna be about killer sheep, you'll have a fucking good time with this film. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's like an hour and a half long. Yeah. And obviously, we don't think new New Zealand culture is all about fucking sheep and sheep in human dna but it's definitely feels more new zealand like there's a little bit more cultural references to it the, the accents are really strong yep and they um, and the and it's what new zealand horror is fairly known for because of peter jackson the quirky yes. horror comedies and beautiful beautiful sights of the new zealand countryside so if yes. that is what you are interested in i would definitely recommend it Yep, this is this was a favorite of mine back in the day, and it was great to revisit it because it's been a long time since I've seen it. And yeah, it's still just as entertaining as what that I remembered. Absolutely, it's definitely worth the watch. So um, that is Black Sheep, and we'll move into we have two like really good films at the end too. Um, so we'll go to the next one. This was a a, re- a second time watch for me, and I actually liked it more on the second watch. I don't know how you felt, Scotty, but same. Yeah, I'll let you introduce it in. All right, so uh, one of the New Zealand uh, horror films that's not a quirky horror comedy. Um, Yeah. But uh, that is Housebound, released March 10th, 2014. A would-be thief is remanded to the custody of her estranged mother, who turns out to be correct in her assertion that evil spirits are afoot in their family domicile. Um, Yeah, this is the second time watched for me because I watched it during our first time watches in 2020. Um, I don't remember, like, when I was re-watching it this time, I don't remember any of it. Like, I was like, did I even watch this? Like, it just was not familiar to me. So I went back and looked and yeah, I rated it and everything. So I watched it. Just, I apparently didn't stick with me or might've been when I watched at work. I don't remember. And maybe got sidetracked. You know what I remembered? I remembered. And yet again, we give spoilers just so we're clear. I know we just spoiled Black Sheep and Dead End Driving, but this is a little bit more recent. We do give spoilers as a reminder to first time listeners. I remembered the twist about someone living in the walls. I remembered that part of it. Um, But I didn't remember what happened in terms of the killer and the ghosts and what the situation was. And this movie is actually fairly long. When I put it on, I was like, fuck, an hour and 51 minutes. Yeah. Um, But then I was like, an hour and 51 minutes. Like it actually deserved the runtime that it had. I wasn't bored. I wasn't like, well, what's happening now? There's appropriate comedy that's injected in it um at given times there's a part where the psychologist gets hurt and you get later why he did he got hurt by the guy um that's living in the walls and you find out why and I felt like all the characters that came into this especially the main girl and the mom their interaction is great like it's funny their dialogue's clever and I love her mom because her mom is that quirky New Zealand bit of comedy that is kind of tossed in here because she just like she just likes to ramble on and just like tell story after story after story. And like, she's good at basically just talking all the time and it's just kind of fun. And like, she does a really great job of it. Like I've, I've met people like her that just do that. And I, I was like, Oh my God, she nailed that. And 
yeah like the interaction between her and her daughter are fantastic like i uh i really love the characters in this and uh like even the what would you call him the cop that's checking on her tether that she has that starts doing the paranormal investigating stuff i liked him yeah. a lot too yeah he was really good it it was a really good fucking film like i the cop who's like the parole officer, like there's something like, obviously that would never happen in real life. The parole officer is never going to, you know, also be a paranormal investigator. And, right. you know, like, obviously you got to like, you know, forgive some plot points that are in here, but the movie doesn't take itself overly seriously. And that's what I really, really appreciate about this film. Like there's a serious enough tone, but it's not so serious that there's certain plot points that happen that you're like, oh yeah, this movie's supposed to be silly anyway. So I can forgive that because they're not taking this that seriously. But seriously enough, especially when you find out the reason why there is a ghost and why it's haunting her um, is really upsetting. Like what happens to this individual? But there's a quote that, so we find out later that the psychologist had something to do with the girl's death who had died in that house. And like the mystery is actually layered. Like it, is, it really takes is. the entire movie to get through to find out exactly what happened. But he says a line that he's like, well, you know what? Yeah, what I did was wrong, but working in social service, it was, it was only a matter of time. And I thought to myself, I'm like, that's probably not too far off. Yeah. Because working in social services, you do have to deal with a lot of shit. And we're all human beings and people do snap. And I'm not saying whether that's right, but I thought it was a really interesting statement to write, make, but there's some real fucking funny comedy shit that happens. Like she says some funny shit. Like when she's at the police station trying to be like, someone's going to hurt my mom. You guys need to do something. And the cop's like, well, I guess they got to take a report now. And I guess the guy. (laughs) Oh, let me see. Uh, So you went to grab the vacuum and then there was a hole in the wall. Yeah. I I lost track of what else was being said. Well, what else was being said? And you can just tell by her frustration. She's like, oh my God. (laughs) Right. She's like, what the fuck is happening? And then when you meet the guy that lives in the wall, which is Eugene, who's been living there. And you realize that he saw the murder of this young girl who lived there and that he's been watching the main chick her entire life. Not in, I didn't get in a creepy way. No, more like a protective way. Like more like a protective, like it was his one friend. He felt attached to her. He didn't have anybody else. Um, But when she's like, why didn't you say anything? And he's like, because they would have accused me of it. I'm like, that's a hundred, like, that's exactly what would have happened. Yeah. There is no way this guy living in the wall would have come out and said, oh, this fucking psychologist murdered this girl. And they would have been like, oh yeah, a creepy guy that looks like fucking Edward Scissorhands. For sure. You totally like, and a guy from a fucking like Beetlejuice movie, you totally look like that you, I could believe you. Hmm. um i thought that was really well done and then like the whole chase scene at the end and leading up to the end honestly fucking solid film yeah round of applause for housebound it's a great movie yeah like i have to give them credit too because you know they played off like a haunted house like for three quarters Mm -hmm. of the film and then you find out it's not and i love it because uh the part where they make you think that it's like truly haunted and scary is uh that like teddy ruxpin style teddy bear that she has and how it's like talking all creepy and like it's not saying anything creepy it's just like its voice sounds creepy and then she throws in the fire because it's like she wakes up and it's staring at her and then she throws in the fire and then she's in the shower and sees it in the shower with her and like it just keeps appearing wherever she's at so it's making you go okay this is haunted but no it's the guy in the house like basically like grabbing it and moving it to these places in hopes that she will listen to the tape inside the teddy bear Mm -hmm. where they'd recorded their conversations a long time ago when she was a kid 
I love right. that they like play because like that legit like creeped me out when I first was like watching it going, oh fuck, this is really ha- a haunted house. This is really creepy. Yeah. And then yeah. Like, oh no, it's not, but that's clever. I like how they did that. And like this isn't really, I wouldn't say it's a New Zealand culture film. It's just a film that's set in New Zealand. Uh, but the accents are cool, the story's cool. I believe it's on Shutter, isn't it? uh no it's not on shutter for me i think it's on shutter Shutter canada yeah it's on shutter canada um so if you have shutter please watch it and if not i think it's worth a rental i know we don't need to do that for these but i think if you've skipped over this one i think this is something that you should check out it's a really really good film absolutely yeah it's definitely uh definitely one of the more entertaining films that i've seen like that like at least for this episode i mean we got one that's coming up that's my all-time favorite but oh yeah like let's get to that one because the moment i heard the title or there's a scene that you and tim davis talked about when we did top five horror comedies and i hadn't seen this movie and now all i could hear was your voices um (laughs) when a specific scene happened so take it away scotty all right so the next film that we are getting ready to talk about excuse me <clears throat> is <laughs> released march 14th 2015 two teenage boys unwittingly summon an ancient evil entity known as the blind one by delving into black magic while trying to escape their mundane lives oh holy shit this was my number one movie of 2015 um once again, another one where I'd seen the trailer and went, oh my God, I need to watch this movie because this looks amazing. And I bought it and came home, watched it and was just so freaking happy. Uh, this was directed by Jason Lee Howden. Uh, the only other movie he's done right now is uh, Guns Akimbo with uh, Daniel Radcliffe, which is also really entertaining. Um, but yeah, this is basically about uh, <clears throat> to, uh, a guy that moves in with his, uh, or his mother gets arrested and he has to, cause she went on a meth bender and was like trying to give a uh, head to a, uh, what was it? One of those, uh, like Santa Claus people on the oh, street. Oh yeah. Something like that. <laughs> oh my God. It's so sad. Oh fuck. So sad, but funny. Just kind of like the idea of it. And then right? he ends up being pretty much forced to live with his super religious, uh, aunts and uncles and uh, his cousin. And he is a total loner death metal kid that like paints his face up with white and black corpse paint, like total, like, you know, totals like somebody that the super religious would be afraid of and think he's satanic and all that. And so, you know, he's being a loner. He ends up making friends with these two nerds, which I can totally relate with because they're like, hey, you want to do something really badass? And then he's like, heck yeah. (laughs) And they end up going into the lunchroom and you see him just playing D&D. Oh my God, I was dying, Scott. I'm like, this is why Scott likes this fucking movie. This is why. Actually, there's so much gore in this towards the end that I was like, because Tim Davis doesn't necessarily like silly films. Yeah. He is like me. Him and I kind of side on that era, but I'm like, this is where Scotty and Tim are married together in happiness mm-hmm. because this movie brings in the gore with just really funny dialogue and fucking dildos and sex toys and like it is just over the top like the gore turned it up for what like the first half of the movie i'm like ah this is okay george actually really liked it Did he? okay he nice it. he didn't want me to we only watched like i had 30 minutes left to go he's like don't you watch the rest of this without me um nice he really really dug it and he's like it was one of the better low budget movies he had seen but they yet again i low budget that used their budget well this is well budget low budget done right like you spent your money on the gore and where you needed it for some fucking bloody scenes that came out in this movie 
Yeah, and like, and you could tell that the the director, the writer, and all that, because I think he wrote it as well. Um, but you could tell that he had uh, some knowledge on these like heavy metal bands too. Like when they're coming up with their uh, band name, oh, let's call it, and just like, yeah, and uh, yeah. I forget a couple of the other ones, but like their name coming up with their names is all great. And then uh, then Zach's like, no, we're called Deathgasm, and it's all capital letters because fuck yeah, <laughs> right? Oh my god, and the the metal stuff in this, I actually really like the music, and I like the little love triangle with the chick. Like it's actually really natural for teenagers. Yeah. Like I actually felt like they looked like teenagers and acted like teenagers. Uh, which I really appreciated about this film. And the cousin's such a dick to the one guy that he's living with. He's such an asshole. And when he kills him, he's not even changed into a demon, (laughs) but he kills him anyway. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I feel that. And like the other guy is kind of a dick and they get into fights and shit. And I don't know. I really, I really liked how they incorporated the heavy metal music culture with awesome gore, funny scenes with the sex toys, because it turns out the super religious people have like the biggest dildos and vibrators <laughs> yeah, and, and like, anal, beads. anal beads and like other shit. And oh, um, kicking zombies or demon asses with fucking giant double headed dildos. Oh my just, God. Like, to the music and everything. And you just see it swinging like a nunchuck. I'm fucking dying over here. I'm oh, like, oh my it's God. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. And then like the blood and the guts and you know, when they turn into demons, when these people turn into demons because of the song that's being played and what they say and how they act, it's it's great. The special effects are fucking mint. Like, this movie is mint. It is a really, really well done fucking film. Yeah, it is fun as hell. Like, one of the, like, like I said, it was my number one from that year because it was just way, just way over the top. But it was also heavy metal, which I love. And yeah. like kind of teased, uh, picked on the culture a little bit. Also, definitely like an homage to like Evil Dead and like... Uh, like Peter Jackson with the way the gore is done and the way the comedy is done. And like, and it, yeah, it's just got really good dialogue and it's even got the whole, uh, I love this part because it's got a, that cute, it's got a cute romance to it with, uh, I forget her name. It does. But um, Melina. Melina, yes. When, uh, especially when he first runs into Melina, like outside of school at that uh, like little party store type thing. And he's wearing his corpse paint and all that. And, they, and then she's like, hey, would you like to go out for some ice cream? And you see them just sit. Like, I find it just to be like the sweetest moment where they're just sitting on the bench. He's decked out in all this black leather with spikes and corpse paint. Yeah. Just looking at the ice cream cone next to this little preppy girl that's looking at an ice cream cone. And you can tell, like, it's just, it's, it's cute. cute. It's really it's, cute. It's really cute and sweet. I and agree then, with you, Scotty. And then when he, like, gives her the CDs to listen to and she, like, puts it in, like, she listens to it. And all of a sudden she, like, gets teleported to where she's on this giant hill, like, with a battle oh, yeah. axe. And, and like, the, the tits, like, yes. the chicks making out. And then, like, the piece where the, the shirt comes off and shows the boobs. I was just like, this is great. It's great. It's fun. It's a fun film. I, you know, would I put it on my top five comedies? Probably not. But that doesn't mean that I don't think it's a good movie. I right. think it's a really, really good film. I'm glad I watched it. It wasn't 100% my thing. But when I say that, we all know that just because I may say something wasn't 100% my thing doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. Right. Like, I appreciate the fuck out of this film. It is funny. It is well-made. It is gory as shit. Like, it's it's a go-watch, too. And I don't know enough about the heavy metal culture in New Zealand, let alone in general, but... I'm assuming that it was like reflective of the heavy metal culture in New Zealand as well. I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say because uh, <laughs> the our very first movie we ever reviewed, Lords of Chaos. Yeah, that's um, right. Oh, back in the, the day, Mayhem, <laughs> that band that it was based off of, is from New Zealand, and they were the ones that started the black metal. Oh, that makes no, sense. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, Finland. They they were from Finland, so it's like it just. I think that that culture is in that vicinity. Like, um, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, well, it's you know, it's all Europe's way cooler than we are. Yeah. And no, I was gonna that. say. <laughs> 
Well, and the funny thing is, uh, like, just because you were saying you don't really know a lot about the heavy metal, heavy metal culture, one thing that a lot of black metal bands do, and they did this hilariously in here, but uh, there's always jokes of black metal bands always going out to these deep, deep woods to take their cover photo and showing them all in their corpse paint and decked out. And then there's always like, yep, park rangers have to go out and find the death metal bands because they get lost in the woods because they had to go make a new cover album or whatever. And then it shows them out in the woods, like pretending to play and shit like that, making music videos, like all in their corpse paint. And I'm like, oh my God, that it's so on, like, so on the nose for like us heavy metal people. I was like, that is hilarious. (laughs) Right. And that's the thing when it's, when it's doing those kind of like head nods to the group of people that it's meant for, I think it's awesome. It's fun if you're not a heavy metal fan, but I think if you're a heavy metal fan, it's even better. Yeah. Um, So great job, New Zealand, your quirky sense of humor brought it for three of them. And for one of them, we just didn't quite get it. Um, Mm. But you know what? If you like dead end driving, good for you. You know, nothing's wrong with that. I hope you like it. I just want to know what drugs are you on? And please share them with me because I would (laughs) like to enjoy that movie, but I just can't. Scott needs to do a lot more mushrooms next time he watches that film. And maybe he'll enjoy, I don't know. I'll see a completely different movie then, that's for sure. Right. I don't know if mushrooms would change the enjoyment of that film, to be quite frank. I I would probably make my own movie up on the screen as it's going and be like, ooh, look, now there's a monster on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) all of a sudden this movie just got better um so that is our review of new zealand horror films thank you new zealand for bringing it and being funny and quirky and no we stayed away from most of peter jackson films i know i know i know i know it's a shame because i would have loved to revisit them but Heather just didn't want to. No, I felt like everyone does bad yeah. taste and I felt like everyone does dead alive. And I just didn't want to watch either one of those kids. <laughs> and I, you know, and we've talked about dead alive before. In all fairness, we have talked about it, haven't we? Uh, I think we did in the top 50. You talked yes. about it on uh, Summer, Summer Party. Party. Oh, maybe that's the problem because I do another podcast of a side bitch that I didn't want to. <laughs> sorry the side bitch got dead dead alive scott you didn't get dead alive even though Ah! even though it was uh even though it was my pick for that pillow fight so it's your fault it is your fault fault. it is it is um i don't know if i could have added anything else peter jackson is a man we all know he is he does great films including the lord of the ring trilogy um even though yet again i'm not a huge fan of everything he does but i do respect the fuck out of what he does so uh, check out those but we also wanted to shine the light on some other least known new zealand horror yeah um we did the same with the other countries too we did try to kind of dig into stuff that people well american werewolf in london we did because hashtag Mer- london but we did try to also dig hashtag into- heather wanted to <laughs> look we did deathgasm okay we did deathgasm <laughs> for you so don't that that we do we do stuff for you all the time. I, know. I feel like we're in a married couple fighting right now. Like, <laughs> whose turn is it to do the dishes? It's it's clearly Scott's turn to do I the ain't dishes. Doing them. He's like, bitch, <laughs> your place is in the up. kitchen. Wow. <laughs> 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 yes, that's how Scott talks, right, Mandy? Yes. Um. Anyway, <laughs> more like she might tell me that. Mandy's like. No, it doesn't work that like that. No, can you imagine if you're like, Mandy, go do the dishes? I think she would be like, what? She'd, look, she'd be looking at me and go, bitch, get your ass in the kitchen. <laughs> she'd be like, what, Pee Wee Herman? Why don't you calm your shit? <laughs> oh, I am so fucked when we are all together for AEW. So, so <laughs> Mandy Scott's friend shared a 
meme on his page that was like you know it's great no. dating a guy what was it it's he shaves i'm pulling it up right now and it's on, and i have a meme idea for darren to make of you once you tell this oh good oh good lucky me all right so here it is uh don't date a man with a beard until you've seen him without it you think you landed thor then he shaves and boom peewee herman <laughs> It's true. So I would, you know, on Pee Wee Herman's big adventure where he has the bike. Have you seen the movie poster? Oh yeah. And he's, I want Darren to replace his face with yours. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> this going to happen. And our new theme is going to be um, the Pee Wee Herman th- song in, in support of Scott with his new look that he's going for. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Would you jerk off at a movie theater too, Scott? What would you say? Maybe. Yes. No. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Right. Maybe. You know what? If you're in the mood, you just kind of just you know, as long as there's no one else around me. Like if you're watching a sexy movie like Solo and you have no other choice. Oh man, especially. Like... <laughs> I'll, I'll, see, then I would get in trouble because I'd be yelling out "Manja, manja" the whole time while manja, I'm doing it. Manja, 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 manja. Um. So yeah. I anyway. <laughs> I am so fucked when we go to AEW when you two team up on my ass. I am I am so oh, fucked. Oh yeah. Scott's never been more afraid for two women to tag team him before. <laughs> I am terrified. This is good. This is I am basically I, I'm I'm just gonna be silent the whole time because I know any word that comes out of my mouth oh, is just gonna be no. like ah <laughs> we're not gonna be that bad. I plan on getting really drunk, so I'll be quiet by the end of it. So because <laughs> I'm like, uh, Scotty, you're driving, right? Great. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> i plan on making lots of poor decisions you know it's been a while scott i made the poor decisions when you were up here for my birthday i won't make that poor of decisions yeah that that was a bit much i think for you um i will not do that again um but i will definitely um enjoy some yum yum drinks and some you know good times with good people I think we'll have a lovely time together. Yeah, it's gonna be a blast, and I'll be, I'll, be, it'll be awesome to have you two meet each other, and then, yeah, then I'll fear for my life. <laughs> then you'll be like, <laughs> run, don't walk from the Heather and Mandy, and it's just us like yelling at you, and, like fucking, like making yeah. fun of you. Well, you know, at the wrestling uh, shows, you know, there's always people holding up signs. Mine's gonna be like, someone help, save me, please. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should definitely hold that sign. We should do a wrestling podcast. Fuck you, whore for dummies. Ooh. You don't want to have us on your wrestling podcast. Maybe, thrown down. maybe we'll do a wrestling podcast. How do you like that, Tim and Daniel? Ooh, I should just say, I should just say, Tim. Daniel doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so true. He's like. <laughs> He's like, who do we work for again? Who's the Powder Powder Room podcast? Part of the Powder Room Network? Who are we? Why am I here? What is happening? <laughs> He's like, Tim had me on. That's why I'm here. Yeah, right? That's exactly what happened. So for Out of the Dark, we are continuing with our monster discussion because, well, that's how we roll. And uh, we're going to talk about zombie versus infection films. Uh, we're going to do a little battle royale, which isn't really a battle royale because Scott and I just accept each other's opinions. <laughs> but um here's the thing i always have a hard time so the reason why i wanted to bring up this topic scott was because i have a hard time classifying zombie and infection films sometimes i used to put them all as zombie right and then i mean i guess they all play out similarly right so what do you think is the biggest telltale difference between like if if i walked up to you which i'm doing right at this moment only it's virtual through zoom 
and said, hey, Scotty, what do you think is the difference between a zombie film and an infection film? What would you say? Uh, Let's see. Zombie film is, uh, for me, the person is dead that comes back to life and then bites others, which that infection will kill them and bring them back to life. And you can shoot them and blow off parts of their bodies and they'll still be coming from you there. You know, there could be fast or slow zombies. You know, we've had that. Like if what you prefer for that, I don't care. Like, cause both versions for me work. Um, but infection films are more like, uh, like how an actual virus would spread because COVID didn't get spread because someone walked up and bit somebody. COVID got spread because germs were in the air or you like there was like a sharing of like saliva or like something like, or like, you know, blood and blood touch, like, and that and it infects people kind of like uh 28 days later later infection film because the blood dropped in the train to basan uh I, I would have to re-watch it because i can't remember but don't the don't they bite their victims and they yeah, die and then see, reanimate so they don't die they change because remember the last scene the dad gets bit he locks he says to the daughter you need to stay with this woman who's pregnant daughter's crying he changes but kills himself that's right okay so right? yeah i guess that would be more so that would one... that technically be infection because he's not dying he's making the transition almost like a werewolf like he's making the transition but he's still alive mm, um see this is where it's hard right yeah, i think that i think that one's kind of blending the two genres like the two types together because okay. like they're getting bit and like they are acting like zombies and only trying to bite and like, but they yeah but they don't but yeah I forgot they don't actually die they just kind of transform and that's the thing that's so confusing right like I feel like there's certain movies that it's like clear cut um George A. Romano's um oh my god Night of the Living Dead yep bodies that are buried you have to die you come back zombie um other zombie films by lucio for lucio for fulci fulci zombie yep um but then you're living dead zombie zombie but then you have things like the sadness yes where you know people go back and forth now they'd say this is a pandemic and it's an illness yep so they're saying that then you have movies in like hashtag alive where you're like well do they die and then come back so you don't actually see like you you know the neighbor changed because uh-huh. the neighbors they're normal and then not but did that neighbor die and then come back and change and i feel like infection films the the people tend to be quicker so 28 days later um trained to basan the sadness uh virus 32 they tend to be more aggressive but dawn of the dead the remake mm-hmm. you don't the little girl comes back the little girl comes in bites the husband she hides in the bathroom the husband changes quickly did he die or was yes, that infection um, you know what i mean he he did die because uh the wound that he took he pretty much like was dead almost was that, immediately because okay. like he got he got his throat ripped out yes so right. like that would have killed him immediately. Like, like I think with that one though, where it's, that's where they kind of blend the infection and zombie style together. Because uh, infection, you turn quickly. Yeah. In most like in most typical zombie movies, you turn slowly because you get really sick and then you yeah. die and then you eventually come back to life. But like in infection films, you turn almost instantly. And like with Dawn of the Dead, like I still call them zombies because yep, like she killed him with the bite, but he um, instantly reanimated right it's 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 interesting because then there was another movie here the crazies that is a straight out infection film 
Okay, I have not seen that one. Right? Oh, I've seen the remake, yes. Right? Where they go, it's a slow decline though. It's a slow decline into sickness and madness, but they don't die. Yeah. Right? Like the guy gets sick and then he starts doing weird shit and then he starts doing more weird shit and then more people are doing more weird shit. It's just really fascinating. And I find people will be like, zombie film, infection film. And I just question how much should we really keep them together or in essence, should they really be more separated? And should we give a clear definition of what is considered zombie and what is considered infection? Like, and and there's lots of different types of infections. Like look at the beach house where people get infected and they go crazy and they try to hurt other people. Right. And you get some real fucking foot horror in that film. I can't think (laughs) of the beach house without fucking foot horror. Yeah. That that scene. Demons is demons zombies. Um, or is demon demons, and that's a completely separate genre. That, like that one, like those, those demon movies. It's uh, like that one. The bite infects them. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's kind of that one plays out more like a plays out more like typical zombie, except you don't die slowly, but you are infected and you do change fairly rapidly. Yeah. And um, and also, I mean, it's Italian, so you know, their their films like have a more just like we're doing our own thing. So like, you know, I mean, hell, there's that one person that got infected that all of a sudden a like they're infected and they're changing, but then a demon sprouts out of its back and is walking around. Right. So like it uh that one, like that one's kind of just like uh yeah, I think they kind of just wanted to do mix a couple things together and do their own thing. Doesn't have to yeah. necessarily make sense there. Yeah, like there's clear cut. So let's let's go through a couple on this list and it says best zombie films. And I want you to tell me what your gut reaction is. Zombie okay. or infection. Okay. Cooties, 2014. <sighs> do you remember what happened in Cooties? Yeah, I know it's the chicken nuggets that were yeah. that infected them. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I would call that infection. I would agree. I also think that's an infection. Warm bodies. Do you remember warm bodies? Vaguely. So it's told from the zombie perspective yep i remember that and they die and come back but then there's like the ultra evil like there's a there's the zombies that are zombies and then there's like the dead eight that i the dead ones or whatever they're called that are like super bad i don't remember that at all (laughs) i remember like i remember not defaulty in it uh but i remember being like a romance type zombie movie but yeah i would zombie i think it's yeah i was gonna say i I think i'll just say zombie on that one just because i can't remember much well we saw this one recently little monsters Little monsters. Uh, how did that happen? So the class is interrupted by a massive outbreak at a petting zoo. Yeah, I think that was infection. Uh, dead snow. Dead snow. Uh, zombies, because they are yeah. dead Nazis coming back to life. And I don't know if you've seen any of these older ones. Land of the Dead. That's pretty much a zombie one. Yeah, that's yeah. That is well, that is straight up zombie one because that's George Romero. Yeah, straight up zombie and Cemetery Man. We just watched this. Yep, that would that one's zombie. They're, that one's zombie, right? And come back to life. Uh, twenty eight weeks later and twenty eight days later, I think we both consider that a zombie film. Oh, that one's infection. Was it? Sorry, infection. Um, what was the other ones that were on here? Wormwood. We still have to watch that one. I don't think I've ever seen Wormwood. Wormwood. Have you? I've seen the first one. It's been a very, very long time, but uh, that one I would call zombie. Now this is one of your favorite films, The Battery. Ooh, yep, that's definitely zombie. Definitely zombie. Um, Night of the Creeps um yeah that would be zombie i mean it's more alien infestation with the slug monsters but it's zombie because they kill them and come back to life 
And train for train to Busan. I don't think train to Busan is a zombie movie. I think it's more of a infection. Yeah, after you reminded me that they actually don't die and they transform like right after getting like bit or whatever. Yeah, I think that one's more infection. Here's an interesting one, Pawnee Pool. Because we see yeah. the one transition and she goes crazy, but I don't think she dies. Yeah, the, like no, no, because that's like right. That, she's in the she's in the studio. Yeah, because that one's the like the English language is infecting them. Yeah, right? And so that's an infection film. Yeah, that would be an infection. Interesting. So, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Right? So these are all on the top 50 zombie films and you and I are just going through and yet again, this is just a fun conversation here. And you and people are welcome to share on our page what they think a zombie or the differences between a zombie and an infection film. Um, but I, I do think in some cases it's clear cut. Like George A. Romano stuff, clear cut. Um, Warm bodies, clear cut. Um, but there's other films where you're like, Wreck, for example, we don't actually see them turn. Yeah, that one. I I, and I think that one would be infection. Um, another kind of clear way to kind of distinguish, in a way, is if you shoot somebody in a fatal sh- in a fatal part of the body. So say shoot them in the heart, shoot them in the head. Like, well, say shoot them in the heart for most zombies, and they're still walking. That's a zombie. Shoot him in the head is the only way you can kill a zombie because um, you're killing the brain. Obviously, there are different takes on that because Return of the Living Dead, it's just they're continuously alive no matter what. But um, uh, like, but infection films, yeah, you shoot somebody in a fatal spot, they're going to drop. Like they're, they're not like they're not ignoring those like like life ending wounds. Exactly. Right. Like you could chop off like limbs of zombies and they'll still walk around. You may be able to chop off a limb of a infected and they'll still go crazy, but they're going to eventually bleed out and die. Exactly, right? Yeah. And obviously, like in most zombie films, the zombies start decaying. Right. So if you have a preference, would you prefer one or the other? Um, Like most people, I kind of throw them in the same like genre because they play out, like I say, very similarly in every one of the films. Um, I like them both for different reasons. My preference, hmm. I think just because I'm a makeup, like a makeup effects nerd, I would have to go for zombie because like usually the zombie makeups are really awesome. Like their flesh decaying or pulling and the way they kill people. And sometimes, you know, they don't maybe not just bite them, but they'll rip out organs with their mouths and like rip people apart. And like the special effects there are incredible. So I think I would lean more. If I had to choose, I would choose zombie. But like infection, I feel is more intense just because like they are like rage they are pure rage running trying to kill you absolutely right but yeah i think Um, i would prefer zombies if i had to choose i i like infection films i think they're more quick and i like the quick and the speed of it and i think that's scarier i think zombies you know how they're usually perceived minus dawn of the dead the remake you could probably get away from them a lot quicker yep the only way like that that's what that's one thing I like about them too is because it's like yeah there's like if there's only a couple of them yeah you're, they're not a threat but if you end up like drawing too many's attention and then you get surrounded because they are all just like uh what is the uh they all have tunnel vision onto their food basically yeah so like totally. a swarm of them you're fucked but if it's just a couple of them you're good where infection one of them is fucking dangerous right right um, I, I definitely, yeah, I think they're both interesting. I just think the discussion between what is considered a zombie film and an infection film really has to be explored a little bit more. I think we, 
you know, really like lump them together. And I think mm-hmm. that's just interesting. You know, I don't think yeah. there's anything, anything wrong with that. I just think it's, it's always fascinating me how people throw different labels on them. And there's some that really are clear cut and some that you don't, it, it, it yeah. Like, which way do you go? Especially yeah, think, if you don't see them turn, how do you know? Right. right? And, I, and I think certain ones, uh, what makes it easier to distinguish certain infection films is when they uh, talk about it as a virus. Mm-hmm. Like the sadness mm-hmm. is basically talking about covid but in a different but a different virus and right. uh but no i think like yeah because like a lot like and then the or a virus that was made in the lab yeah. like in uh 28 days yeah and totally like, it, like those ones i definitely would say more infection because they're talking about a virus where zombie is just kind of like supernatural totally totally yeah i think it's it's interesting i love the i i thought this was an interesting topic yeah you'd have an interesting discussion on it because and yet again like up to the listener that's listening right now what do you think the difference is what do you prefer um because we're definitely not gonna have a shortage i think we're gonna start to see more infection movies especially after covid and now mm-hmm. there's like the monkey was it monkey pox that was around before everybody but you know i haven't heard of this uh it's a new it's not really a new disease. It was around before. It's just it's uh, happened to be resurfaced. A new media scare tactic? Yeah. You know, it's serious. <laughs> you don't want to, if right. you get it, you should go get medical attention. You know, just like if you got chicken pox or something else, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's not like, but you know, if you get it in the United States or Canada and you can access healthcare, you're, you're probably going to be fine. Right. You know, it's definitely, if you're getting it in, you know, a country in Africa, like, where, I don't know, Zimbabwe, where perhaps there's some areas that live in very serious poverty, poverty that we can't even imagine. Yes, um, it, it would be very dangerous. Right. But I think like just a lot of white people get scared over shit because they can get scared over shit where people just deal with this shit every day in other countries and they just try to survive. Right. You know, to be quite honest with you. Um, but yeah, I think I think with the rise in the and the concern of things like COVID and the pandemic and stuff like that, it's opened the door for more infection films because it plays on, you know, you know, we talked about this from the beginning, all the way back to episode one, horror reflecting life and life mm-hmm. reflecting horror. And, you know, it's a way that we kind of get our outlet to help us deal with life events and, and situations that are happening around us. So yeah, well, that, uh, that concludes episode, I guess, 58, 58. And uh, we're moving closer to episode hundred. We're only 41 episodes away, Scott. That's crazy. We will reach episode hundred definitely by 2023. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I say it, we do about two per month. So yeah, like, I think Look we'll be, us. yeah, we'll be in our, uh, be in the seventies for sure. By the end of the year, you know, I, I went, I went call us heroes, but I think we are heroes. I mean, and not all heroes wear long glorious beards anymore. No, some of them shave them and look like Pee Wee Herman. Infection film with Pee Wee Herman. Oh, it's a <laughs> And there you are. What am I? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's got to be gets like infected. I was still really laughing at where we said I was going to turn into a werewolf and you were going to like feed me nachos and cider and like, <laughs> just to keep you calm. Just to keep me calm, right? Fuck, that was funny. Um, but yes, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for welcoming me back. I forgot to add one more thing about my trip. I saw the longest running play in England, The Mousetrap. Oh, yeah. And it's a murder mystery. So it does kind of tie into horror. horror. And there was a twist where I was like, <gasps> like the whole audience was like gasped. And then there was like a second twist and we were all like, <laughs> <It's so ridiculous. laughs> 
I was supposed to be on the second balcony. I got moved up to third row because of, uh, they wouldn't have the second balcony open. So it was super sick, amazing experience. Um, and yeah, thanks for Scotty for uh, bearing with me while doing all that other UK and fun horror stuff that we did. And, you know, I hope you enjoyed your time off of recording too. I did. Um, it was a, it was a nice reprieve just to kind of uh, reset. Right. And, and, you know, it's so much fun to get back and doing it. Like Scott and I, you know, I think we've really narrowed down our podcasting. I think I basically have kind of bowed out of other shows and kind of just focused on this and slumber party massacre, just because priorities in life and changing and my life is changing. And, but I am grateful for all the podcasting experiences I've had. Um, but Scott and I have kept pretty regular with this and we've been really blessed to be able to do that and be as close friends as we are to kind of, you know, structure that. And when we hang out, it's, it's like two friends hanging out. It doesn't oh, feel like a chore. Like we're, you know, we would have these conversations off air. We just happen to have them on air because we think they're more interesting. <laughs> right? Like I probably would call up Scott and be like, Scott, what do you think about the difference <laughs> between infection and zombie films? And we would probably, the only difference is Brandon would be there. Maybe we will have this conversation with Brandon at some point because yeah. Because it's Brandon. It's always fun to hear his thoughts. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I'd be, I should ask Mandy what she thinks too. I'm curious what she thinks yeah. the difference is, right? Because I do think it's an interesting topic. I, I do think a lot of people float back and forth between calling it different things. So we will be back again in two weeks uh, with another country. I'm going to let Scott choose the country. I don't know what he wants to choose um, or language. I don't know. Whatever Scott wants to do. Yep. I'll have to think on it for a sec because I know there's a bunch still. Like, like There's a ton, but uh, I'll have to think about it and just kind of just, uh, run some ideas for you. Because we may go well, to the ones where they're subtitled this time just because we have done a couple of the... Like, oh, we've been doing real lazy English speaking fucking yes. ones. Yeah. Um, I, I'll talk about you. I'll talk to this talk to you about this off the air actually yeah so yeah there's something i gotta okay. ask you okay the answer is yes i will marry you scott oh <laughs> yeah nah, the nah, person nah. the person nah, that nah, is nah. so against marriage yeah i know right <laughs> yeah the person that like people will be like i'm getting married i'm like <laughs> i'm like that's great i'm happy for you marriage is a lie <laughs> <laughs> monogamy is dead yeah like i'm totally the marriage kind of type um but anyway thank you to everyone from listening as always uh you can find us on the legion patreon or the legion podcast page we are available on all different streaming services such as spotify apple itunes or youtube or i don't know and if you're not a member of the legion patreon yet scotty wait Wait, I'm supposed to say something here, aren't I? <laughs> what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Be <laughs> funny. I don't know why it's so hilarious, but it never stops being funny. Um, what are you waiting for? Please join the Legion Patreon today. Join us. Join us. There is lots of opportunities to listen to extra shows, um, extra content, and be involved. Also, please listen to my interview with Mark Iverson. He is not only a good friend of mine, he's an excellent author, and he's a really cool dude and has lots of information about the horror genre that we love. So please check that out. And thank you, Scotty, for uh, adding our music and stuff and introing and releasing that. I appreciate Absolutely. you. I appreciate that very much. And uh, we'll be back again next time. So before we go, do you have anything to say to the good people, Scott? Uh, just until next time, kiddies. Unpleasant dreams. See ya.